That song was actually in the playlist when we were interviewing uh, Kate Kelly. By the way, folks, this is, a new, this is a new Utah podcast. You are listening to us. Uh, it's episode 64. We're one year away from retirement, but we're not going anywhere. We're going to work well into our 70s, um, probably longer than that. Uh-huh. Into our hundreds. I think with, you know, my wealth and today's modern medicine, I could easily live to be 120, Your wealth? 130. Wait, are you hiding something from me? Talladega Nights. Oh. <laughs> so. I've, I've seen that, but I don't recall that. Yeah, because you didn't like the movie. It's fine. Please help me, Jesus. So we do have a fantastic, and will be a little bit different episode. We have a, a fairly long interview in comparison to most uh, with Kate Kelly. Because uh, we couldn't stop asking her questions. Yeah, and I really, I didn't want to end it, but I felt like we should probably talk about other stuff, too, because um, there's lots going on. Um, let's start with bad movie quotes um, that I butchered that <laughs> Brie doesn't like the movie. I made Brie watch Napoleon Dynamite, and I totally forgot to make you guys to talk about it last week. When we were <gasps> oh, I lunch. forgot to get the to thing. To make us talk about it like it's so hard. And now she's running out of the room with her headset on and about to rip just a about of ripped her head off. off. She almost that been awesome. And I think she only left the room so that she didn't have to talk about Napoleon. As Dynamite. all the equipment slides off the table that's attached to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she really did almost pull it all out. Uh but I made her watch it. That is so cool. Yeah. Um she didn't was it like kicking and screaming uh i mean or did you surprise so i put it on and then i had to go do some work and i went downstairs real quick and i came back up and it was paused and she was asleep (laughs) you know (laughs) and so when she woke back up i rewound it to where she fell asleep and made her you rewound it past where i fell asleep (laughs) and made me rewatch shit she was not a fan. She's not a fan. You don't love the part where the no. cat shoots the cat no. in front of this. No. Cool. You, you don't love the, the only part, part where I like hit with the is stake. where the, the lowriders ride up when the kid is getting his they bicycle stolen and they They're gonna beat him up. Shake his they shake their heads no. Sorry, I just ran up the stairs. Um and they shake their heads no and he doesn't steal the kid's bike. That's the only part I actually laughed <laughs> out loud for. That's the only part you laughed yeah. so It's so good though. No. It's I just so watched good. it last week. Me too. While I was decorating I cake. watched it again before sorry, I returned it to its own. Throwing owner. stakes is a waste. It was so fucking funny. It's not funny. funny. It's stupid. And he grabs Kip stakes. It's too. Kip stake. That's what makes it funny. But <laughs> <laughs> you could throw a ball of football over that mountain. <laughs> I yeah. love that movie. This time machine so doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could have told you that. <laughs> no. <laughs> just... Just, the oh. part where he calls him because he needs a chapstick because his lips are bad. If you watch, see the, the school, see just the use school the school nurse. nurses. If you watch Kip's school. nachos, like in every scene they come back, there's more and more cheese on it to where it's like just cheese falling off the plate, but it's subtle. I, I'm never gonna watch this show ever. Watch the I, nacho part. I just watched it last week. Yeah, every time they go, every time they pan back to him, there's more cheese on his just nachos. Never ever watching the show. Again. That is Gosh. disgusting. Putting <laughs> freaking <laughs> in your pocket is gross. It's not funny. It's wrong. I haven't anything to eat all day. Gosh. Get your own. You can bake her a cake. Okay, I love that show so much. <laughs> I hate that show. And I, I. How about I when they're judging the cows? No. What's wrong with that one? How about that little fellow right over there? No. 
I don't understand a thing. You just said done. Yeah. <laughs> do the do the chickens have large talons? Large talons. What? Talons. Are they a large talons? That dog guy when he's eating a sandwich. Oh, he's over there. That's why I found him. <laughs> arrowhead. He, sat, he says he found, yeah. in that pig pen over there, he found two Shoshone arrowheads. <laughs> <laughs> I understood him just fine. I don't. No. Also, closed captioning <laughs> helps with some of those stories. <laughs> All right, anyway. Sorry. Every painful sorry. word. So we have a couple other things to talk about, some sad news on the Jeremy front. All right, I'll tell my story. So Don't, don't cry. I'll try. I don't I have to. any tissues. You got all quiet, and then you yelled into the mic. I did? Yeah, it was loud. I was sorry. See this? This is you. He's spiking. He's spi- I'm, I'm, I'm emotional. So uh, probably three weeks ago, I went out to check the bees, and the numbers seemed low. Lower than kind of usual, but mm, it's hard to tell because they, they kind of fluctuate during the season. But I couldn't find the queen, which is also normal when the hive is kind of full. You don't see her every time, but you just keep watching for signs that she's there and doing her thing. So this last Sunday, so just a couple of days ago, I go out there to check the bees, and there's maybe three bars with bees on them. There should be 17 by this late in the season, because harvest season really starts within about the next three to four weeks. Um, so there's maybe three bars worth of bees. Not not a drop of honey in the whole hive. Yeah, I was going to say, no honey, though. That's not what's, a, that's what's yeah, weird. Not a drop of honey, and the queen is... Well, I couldn't find her, and with that few bees, I, I should have been able to see her. So I... The hive never got big enough to where they would traditionally swarm and leave. So I think the queen died. I think I think we lost the queen... Maybe four or five weeks ago. It's hard to know for sure. And they never made a new one. It's too late in the season. And so, so the way it, the way it works, or as far as scientists know, as they're born and they go through their cycle, the queen imprints on the bee what their job is. And as they grow through certain stages, they change their jobs. Well, without a queen, they're just like drones, which is why bees are referred to as drones. They just do the same job over and over and over and over until they die because they don't have a queen to tell them what to do. So the bees that are going out and harvesting, the thing is, that's a pretty lethal job if you think about it. Yeah, it's very dangerous. They get eaten by... They get attacked by wasps, eaten by everything. Birds, you know, they fall People in water and drown. So so if, if the queen is not replenishing the harvesters, they're going to die out pretty quick. So all that leaves is... The bees in the nest who are who are hatching the new ones. Well, no, new ones are being hatched because there's no larvae in there. So they'll run through their cycle and then eventually starve and or die. So at this point, sadly, my hive is in a complete state of collapse. I guess within three weeks there won't be any bees left. The whole thing just and that sucks. I mean, that's something that's actually become very common. Yeah. Across the world is the sudden colony collapse. And the, and the hard part is, is, you know, when people ask, well, well what happened? They don't know. That's the hard no part. No one knows. Yeah. I mean, the queen, and there's, there are not thousands of bodies in your hive, are there? No. Like, because, la- like the mm-mm. attack. No. So, so yeah. So when I lost a hive a year ago, uh, from what I'm assuming was attacked. Bee genocide. Well, and that was, that was like right. That was the weird, like hot and cold. Yeah, and cold. Stuff. There was ten thousand dead bees yeah. all over in the ground, inside, everywhere. So it looked like a total massacre. This now, there's no bees because 
part of the bee's job is to keep the hive clean, so they throw the dead ones out. But the thing is, is if they're going out and dying out in the field and collecting and stuff, you're not going to see them. So just hardly any bees in there. But the sad part is the bees that are in there are still doing their job, but like to no end. <laughs> there's yeah. no... Oh, <laughs> I feel really sad. So, yeah, not no honey. So this time of year when you pull, when you pull one of the bars out, it should be... Covered. No exaggeration, 10 pounds. I mean, heavy. And as I'm pulling them out and they don't weigh anything, I'm like, ugh, I know what this means. And like I said, there's three, maybe four bars that even had bees on them. And this time of year, my hive, which is about five and a half, six feet wide. Yeah, it's pretty big. It should be full. Like, it should be the whole thing. It should be full of bees. I should have between six and eight bars that are just completely full of honey. Man, that sucks. Ready to harvest. I should have about... 10 to 12 that have the brood in them and I should have another seven or eight that they're like capping for the fall and season. So I'd only have three bars or so. It's over. Sadly, it's done. So you'll get bees, I'm assuming, next year. Again. So that's, yeah. So no more Italians. They need to make Mexican bees. I think they'll work harder. How? That was my <laughs> suggestion. That was my suggestion. <laughs> so, but are they, uh, wow. so the the bees i mean how much how much are the bees when you when you buy them has about 100 and i was saying about 120 dollars for the so it's not bad it's so not, not like, like not like going to break the bank but it's still an think, investment and then the time i mean yeah that's a lot of time every about every 2 to 3 weeks i'm out there and do you think you'll put up a second hive maybe part of my part of my frustration is and and i realize it's just progress they're building an entire subdivision behind me so the farm that the yeah, whole time I've gone. lived there, that the bees have gathered their honey from, there's, there's, it's all houses behind me now. And not that they can't survive because they do. People have urban beehives all the time, but it's, it's much harder for the bees because there's less for them to go get. Yeah, they don't have, so I've had traditionally alfalfa fields behind me. So it's been mostly alfalfa honey and probably a little bit easier for the bees to not die. Right. Well, because they're, they're right there. And then we've got the canal that runs just mm-hmm. down by our house. So they've got a water source. And But now that it's nothing but houses, it makes it much more difficult. And even though we've got my little farm and my little garden, that's not enough to, no, that's not enough for a to feed an entire hive for a season. So, yeah, you just unfortunately, you go back to the drawing board and you look at what you did or what you didn't do and you try to do things different. But the hard part is last last year... Two years ago was one of our very best years. Yeah. Last year was really good right up until the end when we lost them. I really haven't done anything different. And there's really nothing you can do about last year. Last year was totally weather, I think. It had to be because it it was weird. The really cold, you shut up the hive, and then it got really hot for a couple of weeks, and they came out, and then that's probably what killed them. Yeah. So, anyway, sad news on the bee front. Man, that sucks. How bad for the bees that are left behind. <laughs> no, what sucks is nobody's no coming home. Yeah, no honey, none. That's, nobody's coming home. No, I feel happens, for, I feel worse for the bees. It is a big colony to lose, though. I mean, yeah. that's how. What was it at its height? How many bars did you have? Did you say at the highest it's ever been? No, I mean for this season. This see, it, it got up to about eight or nine, which was it was making progress, but then to shoot back down to yeah, that sucks. Three or four, and the, and the three or four that that were in there, they're not even full. They're, they're only about half, only about half full of bees. It, at, once again, at this point in time, when you pull when you pull one out, should be seeing nothing but bees, solid bees, both sides, and it should be heavy from all the bees and all the, the honey. honey yeah. yeah, man, that sucks. Urban farming, uh, the soap opera that is urban farming. So, 
my farm, my urban farm. My <laughs> very so your your urban hey, patch. Don't laugh, motherfucker, because you've ate like five fresh garden cucumbers <laughs> that you love. <laughs> two different varieties. I discovered they're two different types of cucumbers. Ones are the ones I think like you do the Japanese ones. The yeah, I like ones the Japanese too. that are all spiky and they're long. Like but when you cut them, they have a star pattern. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Do they have spikes on the outside of them? Not like traditional. Okay, so the ones I have out there, maybe they're not the same. They have sharp fucking spikes on the outside of the fruit, like on the outside of the vegetable itself. Like I have to go scrub off the spikes. The, like a peeler? <laughs> no. Or just, just, just I just use a scrub brush just like when I'm scrubbing the dirt off. And I yeah, no, the, the Japanese stuff. ones are probably six to eight inches long. Yeah, I don't think those are what we have. They're... <laughs> 24 inches. Yeah. But They're like six to eight inches long. I, I'm working around a microphone here. No. no <laughs> well, I'm if you sorry. let them go, they can get... They can get awesome. really long, but then they're not I very like good. I like your perception so we, they're, they're, <laughs> It's pretty clear to me they're two different types because uh-huh. the one has a, a sort of skinny neck, almost like a crook neck squash would, and uh-huh. then large, gets larger. And the neck doesn't so I think, have much seed in it. I think you might have one that's actually traditionally used for pickling. Maybe. It's good. Maybe. But I mean, she they likes still them. taste great. We got an Armenian cucumber from the farmer's market. She loved it. Okay, so I heard <laughs> that that's actually a melon it probably is. And that's why it's more dry like, like it is, because it's actually a melon. But you can eat its rind. Yeah, you did. Do you know what you guys should get from the farmer's market? An Israeli melon. Have you ever had one? No. It's the best melon ever. It's so good. Does it come from Israelis? I don't really actually know where it comes from. All I know is that it's super <laughs> delicious. So anyway, so my, my I plants. I pretty much haven't run into a cucumber I don't like. I got some zucchini off of it. I've got a couple more probably soon. So the zucchini plants are doing fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. I have one butternut squash fruit that's growing out of three, I think, butternut squash plants that are out there. Uh, my one girls plant have been that's making zucchini nothing. bread like crazy because we've got tons of zucchini. And we got some upstairs to share with Cass that he brought over. I saw that. Uh, and She's uh, made a request for some, too, so I told Chris to make her some to <laughs> send it. So down instead of cedar. making succotash with fresh corn and zucchini, I'm making zucchini bread with my first zucchini. Go figure. Well, you know, when your daughter's moving right. to Cedar City and that's her request, how do you deny that? It's true. It's true. So, Jess, what did you do this weekend? You always do really cool shit. Uh, on Friday, I went to Hatches and watched a movie. What was it? It was Moana. It was Moana. And no, it's just, it's really cool because, um, there is uh, like tons, tons of people there. And it's just really cool. (laughs) And they were saying that there is one lady that calls the cops every single time, every single year. And there's not anything that the cops would do about it because they have a, an event permit. Yeah. Yeah, They finally gotten it though. They didn't used to, but the cops were like, just get an event permit. There's nothing she can do about it. Um, so that was, that was fun. So she calls, do they even know they have to come out when they call, when she calls them? They always have to come out. Yeah. And they just go to her house and say, sorry. There's, and they were actually at this event. Um, they're like, yeah, they're going to have you a booth. come over and watch the movie with us if you yeah, want. Yeah, pretty but. much. But it's just like, it's old, old avenues. Yeah. You know, uh, it's a people. stupid old bitty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe. Probably. Well, but it's stupid because, I mean, she knows that they're not going to do anything. Maybe maybe you should suggest this to him. Uh, maybe you should have, you know, Mr. Hatch there uh, walk across the street. That's weird. Just, it's okay, Steven. It's just Steven. Yeah. <laughs> have, have Steven walk across the street with a box of nice chocolates. Hand them to her and say, "Leave us the fuck alone, oh, you stupid sure old bitch." I'm sure that he's done that. <laughs> Leave us the fuck with alone. Those exact words. With, with, a, with some bitch. of that fucking delicious you ice cream. Do it cream in too. a card. Oh, you you need to try <laughs> the limeade. <laughs> oh my gosh, like, it's amazing. Do that in a card and fancy. But I got to talk to Katie, and that was really cool. And um, hopefully, we'll have her on a future episode. Uh, Saturday, I went to the farmer's market, and then I decided to go to Bountiful, where they were having a a mini air show. Um, it was yeah, called it was the Utah Warbirds Air Show, and they just they had some old planes there. But the dudes that did my my flight a few weeks ago were there with uh, the T six Texan, which is my next flight someday. Um, and that one is like three hundred seventy five dollars. So, but they had the Twin Beach there, the Twin Beach eighteen, which is an old plane from the nineteen thirties. This one particularly that they own um, was owned by Mexican president. And so it was, it was a presidential plane. It and looks like it's right out of Indiana Jones. It's pretty cool. And, uh, anyway, so they should do the map as you're flying in it. They should. <laughs> I felt like it was, that was happening. Um, so that uh, I saw them post the event the night before and I was like, Oh, that'd be really cool just to go see it. And then I was at the farmer's market and there's usually planes like flying out during the day, just like little Cessnas and stuff like that. But I heard the engine and I was like, oh my gosh. And I just looked up and they were flying side by side uh, just over Salt Lake and it was really cool. And I was like, I need to go. And the more I got thinking about it, I was like, wait a minute. They're only charging $75 for flights on the Twin Beach. If you fly at Hebrew Airport in that plane for 20 minutes, it's $600. Because the plane is, it's so old and it needs so much fuel and so much maintenance and oil. So it's worth it. 45 minutes, $1,200, in case you were wondering. Anyway, so it was really cool. They just took us up, and, and it was the same pilot that did my my aerobatic flight a couple of weeks ago. So you got to fly on it for 75 bucks. 75 bucks. That's awesome. That's yeah. Because I was going to say, you flew, right? You got to fly yeah. on one of those planes again. That's yeah, so cool. Yeah, I did. So the, the, the last plane that they own is the T-6 Texan, and that was a training plane. Uh, during World War II. The one they own was built after the war. It was built in 1951, but it was still a training um, plane, and now he flies it in air shows all over the place. Um, the Twin Beach, they're actually flying over um, next year, I think, for the anniversary of D-Day. They're flying over to Oh, England. wow, that's really cool. Yeah, that particular plane. So, um, And then I worked on some cakes. I went to dinner at HSL, <laughs> which was... Bonkers. <laughs> oh, I went to Craft Lake City too. Um, and hey, can, next time we do this, can we ask what you didn't do? <laughs> no, because then you'll complain that I didn't talk. <laughs> um, I That's went to so Craft awesome. Lake City um, and hung out for a little while. It's awesome. Jess makes the most of her weekends. And I bought a really cool art print. So they do a like summer series at Tower Theater where they bring back old movies and they have local artists do like mm -hmm. prints. And so I bought one of Legends. <laughs> it's really, really awesome. Um, and, and a couple other really funny things. But, and then, so I'm with my friends and I don't know this. I went to high school with this girl, but I don't know her enough, like not to like her, even though they think that I don't. Um, <laughs> so they're trying to like figure out where to go for dinner. And we're in downtown Salt Lake at the Gallivan Center. And I had run across the park. 
um, to go buy something and I came back over and they're, they're on Yelp looking at HSL and decide to make a reservation. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, that's like one of the most, I'm using the word pretentious very lightly, but not <laughs> because even our server thought that it was, <laughs> um, but it, it is, it's a fairly new restaurant. It hasn't been open for very long. And, um, it's kind of like the hipster expensive place to go. So she makes the reservation there <laughs> and I was like, okay. So we get, <laughs> we get there and, um, my friend's boyfriend and I were the first ones there and we're looking over the menu and there's like 10 things on the appetizer menu and like five things on the dinner menu. <laughs> so and a, is it like a small plate place? No, no. It's just like a fancy, like $30 for pork chops kind of place. So, um, our server was amazing and he's actually going over to be the GM at Lake Effect. So I'm like, I totally have to go there and give have me 30 brunch. bucks and I will give you some amazing. Fucking well, do you know chops. what uh, we, so this is what she said. This is what the girl said. Look at this menu. And all I could think was, do you not read menus while you're looking on Yelp? Like it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> like I would just like laugh. I was laughing under my breath. Cause go I'm a jerk fucking like that. stone ground. They're so, so good. I, it, it wasn't my choice. I yeah. was there too late. So. Um, Charlie Chow's for God's sake. It actually ended up being really delicious. Like I had beef tartare, um, and I had, um, (laughs) (laughs) and I had, they had like chopped up beef in a shape of a cone. Is no, it wasn't. It was just little piles with like a bread, like a cracker. It it looks like fucking dog food, and it's (laughs) it's just raw beef. I know it's gross. I don't know. Anyways, it was delicious. But then I had this toast that had a like a ricotta goat cheese with mushrooms mm, on it. It was, it was really, really good. So our server made it amazing. It was awesome. They had burgers because <laughs> that's all they could eat on the menu. I don't, don't ask. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, and then Sunday I just delivered a cake, finished working on a cake and delivered it. Was that the mini cake? Yes. Amidst I the saw storm. Someone, I saw someone post a picture of, your, of a cake and tag you on Facebook and ask if you could they do it. Harry do Potter it. cake. What? The Harry Potter cake. Why don't they just fucking ask you if you'll do that kind of a cake for them? Why do they tag you? Hey, are you able to do this kind of a cake? Just because I saw it and it was cool. And for $40. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> um, so I have actually started putting a price on my basic cakes after Good for 14 you. years. About fucking time. Uh, <laughs> it's still not a lot, but um, at least it's like a basic price that if people want to say yes or no, then they can. But I probably helps weed out the people who are like, can you make this 15 tier double chocolate well with here's the thing is that most people no it's not even and that's fine i'll do fucking whatever mermaid shit all over it but a harry <laughs> potter hat on top with a fucking transformer <laughs> but the, the, in the middle but the thing is is that people don't realize that oh you just sent me a three tier cake and you want to serve 20 people that three tier cake actually serves 125 people you know like there's no like perspective for yeah. people on on a uh, cake serving. <laughs> so to be fair, I count for 10 when I eat a piece of cake. You eat like <laughs> maybe two. That or would three. so you eat a 6-inch round? Fuck yes, I would. That's actually like 12 to 15 people. But a 6-inch round like layered or just a single layer? No, it's always layered. I never like, do a single. Don't who does you double single layer or triple cakes? Layer. Quadruple generally. Okay. I would eat half of that. So they're tall. If I had ice cream, I might be able to squeeze another piece in. (laughs) 
I feel like I should make a cake. When Bert. Olio comes, we should, I should make them a cake for the celebration of their opening when they come back. Yeah, you should. Donate it to them for free. Why would I charge them? <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Hey, can I tell you? Like, so, let me make you a cake, but you have to pay for it. Did we it. talk about Olio last week? Because we got a bunch of new stuff. Bree, you said you I look like, you said on, said the podcast, on the podcast that I looked like, a, or maybe I didn't. Was you look like a fat meth addict. Yeah. yeah. So one, you don't look fat. Well, it's not that I'm. You just saying look like a I'm meth fat. addict. I'm just saying that meth addicts are notoriously like you bony have skinny, and so because I'm teeth. not bony skinny, like I and look just in the week, like it's almost all gone. So if you are into meth, you should get oleo. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, it'll I'm help with the picking of your. That's a whole new clientele. <laughs> and I need to get well, new shit, tattoo downtown by and the Rio all Grande, I've I mean. used, all <laughs> I've used. Is just the new mask that I hadn't seen before, but and the I salt gotta, scrub. I gotta, the salt scrub, right? yeah, I gotta figure out like there's gotta be a better way to mix it up or something because when I first got it, like I'm in there with like everything. I finally just I've got a fork in my bathroom. Oh, that's what the forks are for. That's why <laughs> there's a fork in our <laughs> bath because you know it, the the the, the, the grit part of it can go through the tines without the oil like overflowing the edge of it and and then i can like make holes and then the oil goes into the holes and then it kind of mix it up and and it stays pretty it stays pretty together when i'm using it every day but i don't have to use it every day i just have to use it for breakouts so i used a little bit yesterday and it was only partially separated so when can I you in, and your daughter both hop online and review them and give them feedback Yes, we should. When, we when I when I go in to talk to her while she's in the shower in the evenings, mostly because I like so looking mask, at her without clothes on. The mask is brown. It, she looks like a burn victim with that mask on. It's brown. Because it's brown and it gets all like crusty and salty <laughs> as it's dry. I think that's the one Melinda uses too. She took a picture and of I, it. It's really funny. And I lo- the first time I saw her, I'm like, I just think it looks like my face what is dirty. What the fuck is, what is wrong <laughs> with your face? What's happening to her face? And then I'm like, you look like a burn victim. Because it does. It looks like, you know how burn victims get the like like really ridged scars a lot of times if they have shitty plastic surgeons? That's what it looked like. See, I just think it looks like I have mud all over my face, which I kind of do. Whatever. <laughs> I need to get more balm from them. But it's it's weird because, like, last night when he was talking to me, I had actually gotten a little bit on my mouth, and all I could taste was, like, the salt. It's just salty. It's like, like it's not, like, the nastiness if you get, like, soap like, in your mm. mouth. Oh, that's good. No, I was, I'm I was sodium like, deficient this is a today. little bit, mm. <laughs> that's a little bit too salty. <laughs> that's... T- <laughs> It's a little right. more salt than I than I normally. So we're gonna move to events. I'm just gonna force this shit right through because we do have a long interview with Kate, and I don't want folks to get tired before then because it's it's really we talk about it's a everything. Great interview. We talk about everything from from feminism to Mormonism to uh, skiing and uh, cults and <laughs> dollar bills and slavery. It's, Planned Parenthood. There's so much shit that we talk about. And we s- didn't even scratch the surface, I feel like. We gotta have her back. Talk, we could have talked to her for six hours and it would have been 75, fine. she said. Yeah. About just cults, on the slave- specifically. Oh, yeah. Just no, 75, 75 hours was about slavery. slave breeding. Cults she wants to just start a whole new podcast on. Yeah. Like her own little podcast. <laughs> a special cult <laughs> edition. <laughs> That'll be awesome. So, what's going on, Jess? You're not tired of me talking already? No. Fuck no. Okay. Just <laughs> checking. Uh, Utah Beer Fest is finally here, you guys. We've been talking Ooh. about it for 
I feel like a couple months. Yeah, was because like the I first time because I brought it up, up much to your dismay. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll do that I after. Know. I'm just uh, reminding you. I brought it up once to your dismay because you're like it's so early, and I'm like, because you got to get your fucking tickets now. Yes, like you're probably it's probably VIP's priority. So though. I would guarantee but, it is. Um, let's see what else is this weekend. The Dark Arts Festival down at Area 51. Tragic Black will be playing there on the 17th. Uh, is Taste and Tone at uh, Mount West oh, Cider. Yeah. Yes, at 5.30. So go get your exercise on and then you can have Taste Wasn't Mountain West going to be at the well. Bear Fest too? Yeah. Yes, they will be. They're busy people too. Also, this weekend is the World International Food Fest. It's the second annual one. It's out at the Utah Cultural Celebration Center just off of Redwood Road and... Is that 3,500 South, 3,300 South? Yeah, I think so. Um, right it's five Granger. bucks. Is it? By the old Granger High School. Oh, nice. I well, the new know. Granger High School is right by the old Granger High School, Jeremy. The old Granger High School is <laughs> dead. You're dork. Um, <laughs> That's the same Chris, what did, you, <laughs> what did you say you needed to take Wasatch Community Gardens? Your leaves? Yeah, Your my leaves. my tree leaves. Yes, unfortunately, they're only doing a "What's Wrong with My Veggies" class yeah, this weekend. I, know. I could so. take on my squash, and they could tell me I have earwigs, and I could say, "Yeah, I know." Well, that's not what we need. Squash to do, bugs. Um, no. Monday is the eclipse. Um, the same girl that suggested HSL decides that she wants to drive up just on a whim <laughs> to see the eclipse. You're and not. I just, you're not agreeing, are you? You're not going with her. I don't know this girl. No, okay. I actually have. A, <laughs> I have other plans. I'm hoping to win a flight up there. Oh, that'd be cool. I know. Anyways, but I don't know. I'm just keeping my fingers a flight crossed. Flight to uh, Idaho. I, yeah, they fly you up. They you leave at like seven in the morning, and you get up there for the eclipse, and they fly you back, and you're back by like one. So it'd be cool is to be in a plane during the eclipse. I think that's the point. So, they, they so f- that's cool. So we'll see. I, I entered a contest. We'll see. I uh, I really want to go see it. It's a once in a lifetime experience, but. I, there's no fucking way I'm going to drive up there. It's going to be uh, like, I don't think people understand the magnitude of how many people are going to be in and that space. And that's just it. Like, I just, it's too many people for that area that's not designed to hold that. No, you have people. a gas station every like 100 miles. Yeah, and they're all going to be fucking out of gas. Yeah. Oh, um, and those toilets are going to be and, nasty. No, they're they're actually putting up porta potties <laughs> along I-15. Yeah, they're going to be nasty. Yeah. I you know, the thing is like if I really was going to go see it, I would not go to Idaho. I'd go to Wyoming. Yes. It's more remote. There's a larger swath of land and there's less fucking dumbasses it's that are going to go gonna there be. because it takes a long time to get there. So they will still have a lot of people, especially people like coming Yellowstone, my coworker had a, had a hotel booked in Yellowstone. They just canceled her hotel. Because of yeah. they're, they're charging more for the others. Yeah. 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 So, but you can still, it's still going to be 90% here. 96, right? Is it? I think it's 96 in the Salt Lake Which is area. still cool. Um, it, don't look at it with your yeah. bare eyes. Don't look at it. Unless it's in full, full eclipse. Don't look at it with... The fucking glasses you got from pretty much anywhere but Clark Planetarium because they're probably all piles of shit. Um, there are some eye doctors that are selling them for like five bucks. So like you could go on Facebook and look to see if you're like I know in Eagle Mountain, one of our eye doctors is selling them. So yeah, take a picture of it with Chris your phone. really, really. No, actually, they say don't do that either. No, because but not looking at it. No, they actually say you have to have a special filter on your phone and on your cameras. Why will it just not show up? On it your burns. Phone? No, it burns the lens. Huh. 
So, oh, burns your lungs. Yeah, huh? that's. That I watched a really cool movies. movie about it the other day, and the damage so that I know, it does to did your they eyes. They show the pictures from like the turn of the century where all the people started and went blind. That I was talking about. Was that on that show? When were you talking about that? Last week at the podcast. Oh. It, it, we were talking about that at the podcast? To be clear, yes. <laughs> if you look directly Suggest, we at don't, the it's sun. It's not just you that we ignore sometimes. We ignore Jeremy, if too. If you look directly at the sun without eyewear that is designed to look at it. so Don't look with sunglasses. Don't look at it with ski if, goggles. If you, have, if you have welder's goggles that you can arc weld and look at the arc with, you can look at the sun with those and it will not hurt your eyes. If you have a cheap pair of solar eclipse glasses you get from 7-Eleven for two bucks, With you will fucking go blind. <laughs> Planned. Plan you on, will yeah. fucking go blind. I guarantee it. And Chris it, has been like, it's not a, it's not a myth I'm like, either. we can't, honey. And he's well, like, what? I'm like, we don't it, have I should post that glasses. video that I watched. To be fair, you might not go totally blind, but you'll have sunspots no, it, it, it the rest affect, of your life. You will. And if it's at Crescent, you will have Crescent-shaped sunspots mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Um... It's, it's, it's pretty not, bo- it's bizarre. It's no joke. It's a serious thing. So be very careful. And um, take gas and food if you're going. Yeah. I thought eat. you said take acid for a minute. That'll take be ass. really awesome. I mean, that would be interesting. <laughs> I don't know how handling the hundreds of thousands of people that are likely to on be acid? up there. I think it might be a be. good, a good time. Don't drive if you do it, please. <laughs> this, and by the way, uh, the, so the process is a little bit long, but the actual eclipse is only like two minutes. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, in fact, getting up there is probably not like if you plan ahead, getting up there is fine. It's the coming back. So eclipse is over. Now you got to go back, and everybody's like, and it won't bite. It won't be like leaving Times Square on New Year's Eve, where everybody just disperses down different alleyways. Nope. Everyone's going to be coming down the same road. So, yep. Um. So that's it for this week. Next week, um, the twenty third through twenty eighth, we have the Utah Renaissance Festival at Thanksgiving Point. It's back you know like jousting and turkey legs and things mm, i've never been legs. but i can't bring myself to go because i used to go to like one of the best ones in the whole entire country in new york have you been to the shakespearean Festival? all the time we talked about no that, they're two totally different things I know, I know and yes i have been to the shakespearean festival my aunt's best friend but is an I, actor down there. He is doing simultaneous shows. He is doing <sighs> Midsummer's Night Dream. At the same time. And yeah, at the same time. Like he does a matinee of one and then he does oh, the other one like, at night. Not like the stages are no, back he's to back not running. Runs out to one and runs out to the other. And no, runs so You're like. You're having some issues today. Is it the bees? Are they affecting you? It made me issues. sad. They make me <laughs> sad. <laughs> Anyways. He's just saying the funniest, <laughs> like the oddest things. It's not wrong. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you guys live by the Olympic Oval. We do. It's just you right can go out on the 26th and 27th and race against the nation's best speed skaters. Or not. Chris no, it would be amazing. I would just fall on totally my Totally could. You could. It would really? be amazing. Yeah. Apollo Anton Ono yes. is just going to be right there. And I'm yes. Like, yeah, motherfucker. Here's it's a the free, thing. It's a free event. <laughs> I would roller derby the shit. He's. <laughs> I would fucking like elbow he that son of a here. bitch like right into a wall. Oh, you can't do that to Olympian. Why not? I don't know, because I said so. You fucking told me I could go I skate with him. him. I watched them race when they um, were skate. I check people, cross-check them. They're running really <laughs> fast. <laughs> um, Nick Passy, our good buddy, has two shows next weekend. One at the Green Pig on the 24th. One at Moochie's in Lehigh on the 25th. He's doing a lot of these really small like restaurant shows, which is really awesome. Emily of Indulge Eats is doing a citrus curd class on the 24th at Our Lady of the Snows Center uh, in Alta at 6 o'clock. 
You look totally interested. You can learn how to make citrus curd. My ear itch. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, then the 26th is Made in Utah Festival at the Gateway. I think this is the first year that they're doing that. And they're just bringing a bunch of like the best of Utah, like businesses, restaurants, uh, all the things. When is this? On the 26th at the Gateway. Um, and it's put on by Utah Stories Magazine. And then on... You know what else is on the 26th? Uh, Saturday. An RSL game. Oh, yeah. And the 23rd. You have two next week. Two games, two home games next week. That'll be fun. You know what else is on the 26th? Both my kids are in school for a week at that point. No, Cassie won't actually be in school. She will be gone. So she's in school. That's what I consider. It technically counts. Uh, And it'll be like our first weekend. Oh, shit. That's the week. (laughs) Is it that week or the next week? Oh, it's the next week. Never mind. Go on. You want to talk about Catholic Lagoon Day? No. <laughs> Catholic Lagoon <laughs> I want to talk about your fucking, your adult only work retreat up in the oh. fucking Olympic Park in Park City. I'm so Guess excited what? for We it. get to go bobsledding. It's awesome. And they're going to pay for me to go. They're, it's like extra. So, but our boss was like, and I was like, my friend went <laughs> and I talked about you and I like tell everybody that my friend went and that it was amazing because they were like, we don't know if we want to go. And I'm like, she went, she was so awkward. <laughs> So yes, now everybody at my like work that. knows that you went bobsledding and thought it was really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad I could you be an inspiration. You should tell all about taking plane rides in Heber, too, and get them to... I've yeah, actually, I've actually to told go. Jeff about that. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. Get I, them to pay for me to go on that T6 plane. I got distracted. That's yes. okay. I only have two more events. So I just put this one down because it reminded me of when I was... Once upon a time when I was a teenager. So on the 28th at the Sierra, which is an, like a little outdoor amphitheater in Orem, the drifters are coming. So of course not the original drifters. There have actually been 45 members in the drifters Whoa. since they formed. Uh, I'm not sure why, but they're for, you know, you know them because they sing under the boardwalk and, you know, this magic moments, songs like that. If you get to go to a show like that, you should go. An original I, boy band. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. No, really. I saw the Everly Brothers there. Um, the actual Everly Brothers. The actual so Everly Brothers. There's only, the there's only two of them. <laughs> <laughs> there's only two of them. Are you, are you having microphone issues? I'm um, getting more and more lazy. <laughs> perfect. That's fine. Um, anyways, but that would just be, that's a fun experience. So, um, and seeing the ever, yeah, exactly. See, so I got one more event for you. I'm trying to expand our like event area. So I went up to Ogden and even though these guys are not from Utah, it's in Ogden. It is called the Micro Wrestling Federation. Do you want to? Do you want to take a guess of what it is? Midget wrestling. Yes! <laughs> Can I say that on the same episode we talk about Stephen Hatch? Uh, yes. So Did he punch me in the face? No, he won't. He already hates me. He doesn't hate you. Um, just because you don't know where his shop is at. Um, so this is going to be a it's, kamikaze. It is not. Austin. It is definitely not on 7th East. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Uh, I can attest for that. So they're from California. Um, I'm pretty sure their shirts in the picture says, I support midget violence or something like that, which was <laughs> awesome. But it's like, it's them wrestling, but it's also a comedy show. Um, and I think they have anywhere from like five to 10 of their members Micro that come out. Wrestling. Micro Wrestling Federation. It's the longest running within the little person would, wrestling would industry. Would Steven be this pissed organization. off if I called him a micro person? 
You should totally ask. I don't Did want you to. Know, <laughs> he I, would kick my ass. I'll ask him for you. You're Can an I angry call you a, elf. a micro person? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with you saying that to Stephen, but when Katie's on, please don't say that to her. <laughs> <laughs> so we can fucking make fun of Stephen, but not the taller Katie? Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> she's a lot taller than he is. She is. Kind of. She's a few inches. Yeah. She'd kick your ass, actually. She's pretty tough. She's from Chicago. She's from a mob family. Like, dead in the river Uh, Chicago mob family. We're not talking to her. Do not schedule that interview. (laughs) (laughs) I've been to Chicago. Because you are tearing. Because you know that you won't be able to keep your I've seen the wall that still has the bullet holes from the Valentine's Day massacre. So, Stephen talked about her family being in Chicago. Her family has had like a lifetime of this one restaurant. It's pretty amazing. Oh, so So, it's their money laundering place. Yes. It's where they have like their fucking. She actually would probably joke about that. That's what Jim's restaurant is. I'm convinced of that. It's not. There's several gyms. Jim? But they do try and get around the tax laws. <clears throat> Until they burn to the ground. <laughs> I'll tell you. Whoa, Something there was off. like a big finger wave over here. So anyways, um, one more thing. <laughs> I ran into, tra- and this is in a couple weeks, but I ran into Travis Tate last night at Lisa Lampanelli's show. He was being did a bodyguard. He s- did he say cunt? He didn't, which but is what I'm getting to. He's a clean I don't think, yeah. So he she is not. No, she is <laughs> definitely not. And I wish you could have seen her impersonate Donald Trump. It was hilarious. Anyways, I'll talk about that later. Um, he told me that uh, Vid Angel, who has we've talked Stupid about before, videos, yeah. yes, um, is going to uh, corner the market of clean comedy specials, and Travis is recording one for them. In mid-September, and uh, so we might have to get him on in a little while and have cool. him come and talk about that. But I wouldn't pay that angel said, for it. No, so well, like, and that's what I said. So I said, "Are you going to talk about pepperoni nipples?" Because <laughs> that's part of his baloney barb. And and he was like, "I've got to." He's like, "I so said, that's do like they late eighties Bill Cosby kind of clean?" Do that? I don't. Yeah. No, that included no. sleeping pills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I was like, I can't believe we're going to be part of that organization. And he's like, "Hey, I get paid and I get a video out of it, so yep. it doesn't matter." Is as long as the rights are, are such that he can sell that elsewhere. Well, I asked if they would be monitoring his. They're monitoring everything. I came into Fit Angel. Yeah, his uh, <laughs> topics and his subject matter, but they're writing it for him. He just was like, it doesn't matter anyways because they can just set their settings to whatever. So, yeah. Anyways, that's all Good for deal. me. We have the pleasure with us today is Kate Kelly. The pleasure with us. The pleasure. <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Okay, so my intro is not that great. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did this big, long, dramatic pause for you, and then you sucked. So Kate Kelly is a, a human rights attorney, an activist, a uh, former Mormon church member. Um, and really, I, I just have a big question for you, Kate. Um, what the fuck's going on in society right now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's very... Today was like the most bizarre day. Um, did you guys listen to the... Trump press conference. Oh my so God. Of the alt left. But he just created this thing just like, now. I can't. I can't tell if it's like this brilliantly masterminded long-term con, <laughs> or if it's just like we're just watching him like unfurl or like unwind into insanity. I'm just wondering if like the long-term con is you know come what 2020 he's just gonna like be done with the presidency. Get on national television, flip everyone off, and be like, "You guys are so fucking dumb." 
Can you believe that you put me in office? Drop the mic. Yeah. Like, I have a feeling that moment is probably going to come before, before. 2020. <laughs> I sure hope so. If he still if he keeps going at people like uh, Mitch McConnell, it's it's probably going to happen. Whatever business deal he's waiting on going through, he'll just wait for that, and then he's yeah. like, "Okay, yeah. just joking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't worry, I got a ton of real estate. Oh wait, did I start a war? <laughs> Oops." I'm out of here. I'm surprised. I, I'm honestly surprised that today, because today's the 15th. This was the day that North Korea was going to launch those missiles. That didn't happen. Over. No, they backed down. It's over for North Korea. That's true. It was over a while ago for North Korea. <laughs> so I'm surprised they didn't launch them when they backed down, which probably makes Trump. Did you see the political cartoon with Trump and Kim Jong-un um, with their uh, nuclear missile penises? No. <laughs> I did not see that one. <laughs> they were like like two people measuring penis sizes and their penises were nuclear missiles. Like I we can't tell what ones. like what's a distraction, like which parts are the distraction, which parts are the real uh, controversies, and I don't even know. Like it's in a circus, and so you don't know what what's the sideshow, what's the <laughs> what's the part in the big tent, what's the firecrackers that are being thrown on the side to distract you from the trick that's being when you played. elect a reality TV star to be your president, yeah. you're going to get a four year reality well, show. Well, I don't know. We we had an actor for a president, and that yeah. was, I mean, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, horrible for people. Depends on welfare, how you ask, I guess. Right. I mean, but like, this is the worst of the worst for sure. <laughs> So, Kate, how much how much of your time is spent as an acting attorney, and how much of it is spent holding up signs and making pussy hats and protesting? Yeah, like fifty <laughs> fifty. Um, yeah, it's funny because a lot of people often ask me about ordinary women, um, which was actually a very small part of my life, um, and I think protesting has just taken a lot more time for everyone. You know, since the election, um, people who care about what's happening to the country have had to carve out a lot of time to be in the streets and to write their Congress people and to be engage- engaged and involved. Um, so it's taking up more and more of my time. Um, but yeah, I'm also starting a firm. So I'm going to start my own firm, which is called the gender and intersectional rights law center. It's a nonprofit, uh, legal center and the acronym is girl. So it's the girl center. Cool. And we'll be focusing as per the title on, uh, the intersection of where all other rights intersect with gender. Chris That's, is writing. I'm writing this down. This I know. Take notes. It was taking Breaking it in. Breaking news. We're all taking it in. Well, and it's, it's, that's, what a great acronym, too. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I worked at a lot of nonprofits, so I was like, we got to get a good acronym. No one's going to say the full name. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that how all legislation is? All good legislation like that, too? Like the yeah. High Tech Act and HIPAA and... Got to get a good name. Except for Obamacare. <laughs> that poor guy just got <laughs> railroaded right into a bullshit name that didn't yeah. actually exist. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm curious. So, I mean, obviously, everyone everyone that knows of you in Utah probably knows of you because of, of what happened with the LDS Church. And that happened a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like four years ago? Five Three. years? Three? Yeah. It was June of 2014. So, and and that was, I mean, explain ordained women for those that don't know. And and we'll only talk about it briefly because you probably hear about it on a million other places. And like Mm -hmm. our card is full of questions. Yeah. That have nothing to do with that. (laughs) 
Um, yes, there are 75 million podcasts about that. Um, but Ordained Women, very briefly, was a group to advocate for gender justice in the Mormon Church. The Mormon Church uh, only advoc- or only allows men to hold what's called the priesthood, which is basically the authority, um, the power to act in authority and be in leadership roles in the church, much like many other denominations, including Catholicism. And so what we were advocating for is for women to be ordained. So that's why it's called Ordained Women. Uh, we had a pretty big group and it's actually still going. Uh, they're doing an action in October where they're doing a trek. What Mormons do these treks, mm-hmm. um, that are like pi- reenacting pioneer times. It's like down south when they reenact the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a strange historical reenactment that's like half. It's like, why are you celebrating your loss? Why yeah. are you celebrating this suffering that? Yeah. So, uh, I did trek when I was a youth. Um, as do most Mormon kids. And so they're doing a trek from this is the place monument down to the con- general conference center, uh, to highlight the fact that women, uh, are not ordained and that they had more power in pioneer times. So, uh, wait, they yeah. had more power in pioneer times. Oh yeah. Women could give blessings. Um, it was very, very frequent and common for women to perform blessings and anointings. Uh, it was so common that it was odd that if there was a woman who didn't do huh. it. Cause I knew about mother's blessings, but I didn't know mm-hmm. that they could ever do anything else. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It was very that's common. Very interesting. Um, and that's not, uh, that's just f- f- historical fact. It's not, that's not controversial. Like even the church would admit, um, that women performed those types of ordinances in the past. And women also had a much greater role, um, in civic engagement in Utah in the past. So at the turn of the century, there'd be, Women, we had the first state uh, senator ever in Utah, Martha Hughes Cannon, who ran against her husband. She was, I think, the seventh wife. Uh, and so she ran against her husband, won, and she was the first uh, state senator who was a female. Utah women voted first ever um, in any state. Wyoming got the vote, vote mm-hmm. first, but Utah vote, had an election before. before. Mm-hmm. So they actually voted first. And yeah, there's a lot of really progressive, incredible things happening back kind of in the frontier times of Utah. But in a lot of ways, women have digressed. Wow, that's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's incredibly <laughs> sad. Like, let's, let's just throw it back into history. Let's just, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, and like political participation is one, like, okay, we had the first state senator, but now what do we have? I think it's 13%. Of the yeah, state legislator, legislators that are female. So it's one of the lowest, if not the lowest in the nation. And so, yeah, we've taken a, a turn for the worse. Do you know Paula Julander, just out of curiosity? No. She's a, she was a senator. She's also a female attorney. I was just curious. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It is a small state, though. She just she was, she was um she was at the Democratic Party when you were standing. You were actually standing right near her, but you were talking to somebody, and I was talking to her. That just made me think about it. Oh, the Democrats! Yeah. <laughs> she was she was she was leaving because she couldn't stand being there, watching the polls anymore. Oh. Kate's got the system down. You know, she's currently registered as a Republican. Yeah, yeah. I just can't bring myself to do it. I really can't. Yeah, I don't so know. You voted I thought today. I was gonna. No, I didn't vote today because um, 
uh, none of my, I, I'm not in CD3. Oh, gotcha. Um, so I wish I was in CD3 and I hope there's a good outcome for that election. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, it's really hard to know what to do in a state like this with a, such a strong supermajority. And so I understand why people don't, but at the same time, I just want to be able to vote in the election that decides who's going to be in office, which is the Republican primary. Yeah. Well, and a lot of that depends on your district, too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. our, our district here, we're actually a fairly Democratic district, and, you know, Matheson's old district. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Mia loves district. Yeah. I kind of so. hate orange now, and it's really sad because it's a pretty color. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I feel like my vote has a huge impact here in, in that, that general election, honestly, but... What are we uh, gonna do about her? Um, <laughs> she, she is insufferable. She, but she flies under the radar. She's not in the news. I mean, she hasn't mm-hmm. had she hasn't had a, a town hall meeting in like six hundred days. Like last two, night was two the first years. time that she's like gone public out and done yeah. a public appearance. Yeah. She was so at that rally. I think honestly, if if you're asking me, that's the smart thing to do right now with with the guy that's in charge up there and. The way the Republican Party's been going is just lay low. I think yeah. she's probably got the best game plan. Yeah. So. She does have a great person running against her, uh, Darlene McDonald. Mm-hmm. And I like Darlene a lot. I wish her the best. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't feel super optimistic about politics right <laughs> no, now. No, it's tough to feel. It is tough to feel optimistic <laughs> given the current climate. So. I know. And all the races nationally that Democrats have really been watching to try and win that, that are typical, they're still not winning them. No. The margins are getting closer, but they're not winning. They're and so it's it's not offering any really you know good ray of, of hope. I mean, I know how people feel feel diverse things about independent parties, but I honestly think an, a really strong independent who got a lot of momentum would fare better than a Democrat in Utah in a lot of districts. Oh, yeah, I think so. It's just the Democrats are, uh, to put it diplomatically, really struggling uh, with <laughs> with their identity well, as well. Yeah. Well, and, and that big D behind your name, I mean, that's what people see in the yeah. state. Is, wow, they're just a big D. And you know? Utahns have this weird, like, independent streak mm-hmm. um, where they really like candidates uh, who are kind of rogue. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but it's it's a tough, tough slog. Been like Hatch since 1971. Oh my God! Yeah, he's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna do. He's gonna pull a Strom Thurmond. He's gonna die in office. He's gonna die in office. Yeah, hundred percent. So unless unless Huntsman were to get the balls and run against him, which doesn't look like will happen. I don't. It's it's hey, got to be an anointing, and he's already yeah. said no on Huntsman. Have y'all seen Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> <laughs> You know, Hatch has probably been dead for a year. I mean, yeah. when we when we went to DC, wow. we went to DC last time. We did a tour of, of the Capitol and everything with with Hatch's office. And I was asking them, you know, is he going to run? And this is like, this is before the last election. So this is what seven years ago, somewhere in there. And uh, they're like, well, he doesn't. He he's might he might not run. He doesn't think he's going to run. He says that, but he's. He's probably going to run. He's never had another job in his life. What else yeah. is he going to do? Well, he's old enough he's now. He's a million but, years old. But so I, did, I did say then, and I'm, I'm still happy to admit it now, uh, I voted for him then because he's going to be the longest serving senator. He's Utah, and he's on the most powerful committees in Washington, which means he's going to be the head of the most powerful committees in a Republican-controlled government. 
That's good for Utah. Have you guys seen his Twitter lately, though? It does kind of feel like he died and someone took I'm over his Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just hired a And staff they're like, oh, let's it. do sassy stuff. <laughs> what did <laughs> like, what? They got a his picture wad? of him, and he's lifting his hands as, as the rappers <laughs> next to him are. Like, his, eyes are his eyes are painted on his eyes. I just can't <laughs> imagine Orrin Hatch saying anything about shooting a wad. Like, yeah. I just, <laughs> that was... Then he uh, maybe like, he did. I don't, that's, he picked a fight with PETA? Did you see yes, that? Yes, that was like. Awesome. About bacon for like days. Yeah. They yeah. were tweeting back and forth that about is, bacon. I don't know. Follow Maybe he's Twitter. feeling Maybe really, really to. passionate. In his pretty old sure, age. I'm pretty sure he doesn't even know what Twitter is. Yeah, and I'm like, who? <laughs> I want to know the intern that's hey, whoever's doing. Dick Van Dyke's on Twitter, and whoever's running his is legit because. Uh, I think I might have told you this, that he's like talking to Lady Bunny, who's like one of the most famous drag queens like in history. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was like Dick Van Dyke and Lady Bunny. It was amazing. It's amazing. You yeah. never know. The internet, everyone. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That's, uh... <laughs> maybe he's really passionate about bacon. Uh, well, he is, apparently. I, I'm thinking maybe, maybe Orrin Hatch has gone the way of the Salt Lake County Auditor. What was the guy's name? Robertson? Oh, or? Yeah. Hmm. And off was that his name i think so the one that they just the took one out. that they just mm-hmm. uh figured out how to make him resign mm-hmm. you know it could be there's no way that they will make i'm still convinced i'm still convinced that the jaf and chaffetz part of his stepping down from congress was not just to take the fox news gig like i think that was going to happen regardless i think that was to get a special election to try and make sure the Republicans could hold the seat because Kathy Allen had already raised a huge chunk of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had already, he was already seeing really strong opposition in his district. And I don't think he would have won a race if he were to stay. So, I mean, <laughs> I think that might have been a, a more strategic like decision. Didn't 47% last time or something? Yeah, but I mean, things change. That's a pretty big <laughs> margin to overcome. <laughs> this is very hopeful. But, <laughs> So I, I appreciate wonder, that optimism. I, I just wonder <laughs> if that's not that wasn't some sort of planned Republican Party move where they said, yeah. you know, you're really out of. They didn't want Curtis, though. That's the thing. They didn't yeah. want any of the signature candidates. No. And so, and he's he's great, and he's very well loved, obviously in Provo and in Utah County. So yeah, I don't know what their strategy was. They're scrambling <laughs> at this point. We're going to find yeah. out. We'll find out. It's what the polls are. Are they closed? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, in like 30 Seven minutes. Eight, yeah, I kept, yeah. Speaking of Twitter, <laughs> I kept trolling Herod and I kept saying, because I told Courtney, who was working on the campaign for Curtis, I was like, all right, how about I endorse whoever is the worst person running against Curtis? And then in Utah County, people will be like, oh, Kate Kelly endorsed them. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I kept, I kept tweeting like, I love Herod. We're personal friends and we agree on almost everything. <laughs> that's like that's like Jim DeBax being like, yeah, sure, I'll put that bill through. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it was good times. He never tweeted me back, though. So, you know, Chris Herod, if you're out there, we're buddies. You <laughs> <laughs> just didn't know it. <laughs> So how does that work? Do you just you just change your affiliation? Like as soon as this primary is over, you'll switch back. You yeah, it's like super easy. You just go down there, um, and well, and it doesn't matter because the in the Democratic primaries are open, so you can yeah, you can be a registered Republican. You can even be I think you can even be like a precinct chair in the Democratic Party and not be registered as a Democrat. I really don't understand why they do that. 
I think yeah. they should at least force them to be well, Democrats. Well, they're desperate. Like, there's so few Democrats. Yeah. Like, it's a tiny, yeah, really tiny, tiny party. That's crazy. And so they're just, especially in the more rural counties, they're desperate for people. Which which is crazy to me. Like, I saw the number of people that showed up for the the primary between Hillary and, and Bernie in the last election cycle. You know, I, you guys can't see the air quotes I was making on the <laughs> primary because your vote doesn't actually mean shit in a Democratic primary in the state of Utah. you got to go through the caucus. Um, but the number of people that showed up there gave me some semblance of hope that, like, we might actually have some kind of, but maybe that's just because it's my district. No, I think that was pretty. I also. I mean, it was insane. There were lines around the block. I waited for hours. Like people were really hopeful. But almost all those people were Bernie people. Yep. Um, I was. I was literally the only person I saw in the entire line wearing Hillary anything sticker or anything. And I think the the elite or whatever you want to call them in the Democratic Party in Utah are very pro Hillary or were very pro Hillary. And so they really failed to capture on that momentum um, and that excitement behind Bernie. And again, Bernie's sort of like a rogue candidate, and that's who mm-hmm. Utahns like and who they'll get behind. And also a man, which is <laughs> well, and to relevant. Be, to be fair, Hillary did have all the major states, all the states' Democratic parties really behind her yeah. for a while. Because she'd she been was- campaigning for... Eight years. Because she was a good candidate. Yeah, she was a great candidate. But in order to capitalize on like new voters in Utah who were turning out for a Democratic primary, that I think was a big, I mean, there was no one like even with a clipboard, like trying to get people's information inputted, like get them engaged, get them involved in caucuses, telling them about the identity caucuses, telling them how to be involved in the Democratic Party. That was not happening at all. Well, and that's what was crazy because like our polling station, you know, literally line snaked all the way through the inside of the school, all the way Mm -hmm. around the building on the outside and down the block. And the gym where they had the actual caucus had like 30 people in it. Mm Mm-hmm. The one, the, the area that actually matters, thirty people. Everyone else is just in a line. Yep. And it just blows my mind that they don't say this is this is what this is. You really need to go and do this because most people don't know what a caucus is. It's a missed opportunity. And I was like, got involved in the Democratic Party and was kind of helping run the campaign for one of the candidates who did not win. Her her name was Sarah Scott. She ended up backing the person who did win, Daisy Thomas, um, who was actually a Bernie delegate, but. You know, I saw a lot of things in the Democratic Party that were very disappointing. And I'm one of those people who's pretty independent. I've never been, I registered as a Democrat to vote for Hillary. <laughs> I'd never been a Democrat before. Um, I'd always been in- independent, uh, and before that, a Republican. So yeah, I just, I, it's hard to know what to do. I don't really have any faith in the Democratic Party. They're not going to win, win any elections in 2018, in my opinion. And yeah. It's hard to know what to do. So, what got you into politics? Ugh. Like, when did well, that start? Was that politics, was that like a was that like fourteen? <laughs> you decided to be an activist and a politician. She's or, like five. She's like, I gotta do this. She's like, no, Mom, I made I this mean, sign because the guy across the street. Like, I have always been involved in politics in one way or another. Uh, in two thousand eight, I campaigned for Nader in San Diego. I was the precinct chair or the the whatever the party, um, uh, the campaign leader in San Diego, cause I was going to school, law school there. So I campaigned for Nader 
Uh, then I voted for Jill Stein, which may or may not have been a mistake. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't care. She's a woman. I'll vote for her. Um, so I actually never voted for Obama. And then this time, obviously, I supported Hillary uh, again, for mostly because she was a woman. Also, she's a qualified and competent woman who yes. is not going to get us into nuclear war. So there's that. Um, but yeah, I've pretty much always been involved in politics. My my grandpa was a state Republican state senator. Um, yeah, and I kind of just grew up really being engaged and involved. But I don't know. I vacillate. Sometimes I'm like, what's the point? I mean, I just really don't know what the point is. I think everyone gets that way. Yeah. Like yeah. Trump, I think, gets that way at around three in the morning on the toilet with his phone. Yeah. And he's tweeting. <laughs> I don't think, I think people think, oh, he's so stressed he's going to give up. I'm like, what is he stressed no. about? Dude's been he golfing. He like golfs. The dude, the dude has golfed more than he's actually worked, I think, He golfs, so far. he checks TV, he looks at his own pictures on the internet, he probably Googles his <laughs> name. Did you heard about the name folder like that they have to give him a, of a po- it's yeah. a positivity folder mm-hmm. that they give him Every in the day. morning and in the evening, and it has to have like... 20 some odd positive articles or pictures of him in <laughs> them. Reads so them they like write the blog themselves. post and then print it out and give it to Good yeah, enough. I'm smart hell? enough. Like, doggone it. People like me. Half I of want it's somebody to do that Bart. to me on my bad yeah. days so that I feel like I'm worth something. Half of it's got to be from Brightburn. Get on that, will you? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> you can just write them. If they don't exist, you can write the blog post. Oh, I guess I kind of have little notes. I leave you sweet notes all the time in my lunchbox. In your lunchbox. I'm a romantic. You no should run for president. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll vote for you. Do it. <laughs> so you're a feminist. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to jump right in. We there. like yeah. that. Accurate. That's and you not wear a, that title proudly. That is not a bad word in this basement or <laughs> no, this house. No, it is not. Uh, in Wikipedia, there's like, you know, I have a very common name. So there's like whatever, seven different Kate Kellys, but mine is Kate Kelly Feminist. I noticed that when I was looking at your You have Wikipedia. your own Wikipedia page. It's pretty much amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know how to do Wikipedia. I wish I, I did. Say, I would change it. it up, right? like, you can do that. You can, you can submit you can. changes. It's right on the page. I really need to figure that out. Although I don't think you're supposed to change your own page. No, you are. No, but you can submit. Oh, yeah. You can oh, yeah. submit. Yeah, you are. You're supposed to change stuff to, to become accurate. accurate. <laughs> okay. I should do that. So. One of these days. When, when you're not doing a million time. other things. One of these days. <laughs> when <laughs> they finally make a 28-hour day, Kate Kelly will <laughs> update like, her wiki page. I, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be like 10 pages long. I'll be like, and then in second grade. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please do that. Break it down. If you look at some people's pages, you're like, okay, literally no one would know that but you. Like, yeah. you obviously <laughs> put that on there. <laughs> Or someone else, and no one has corrected Your it. Your mom. <laughs> Just take a like one of the naked baby pictures of you, like <laughs> this time at band camp. There was actually something really creepy on my well, not creepy, but like I don't know how someone knew this. They talked about like this soccer team that I like created in high school, and I was like, what? How did the internet know? <laughs> <laughs> because you grew, on your you grew up in internet world. Like <laughs> I you, didn't, though. I graduated in 1999. Like I didn't even have a cell phone. Same, same as me. No cell phones, but yeah. we had internet. Yeah, That's when the internet, the internet started in the mid-90s. That was when it was still squeaky. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot of dialogue. No social media. No. No YouTube. Like ICQ was like just coming about and yeah, messing so out. It was, all, it was like 
yeah. was like tel- yeah. it was like telnet pages mm-hmm. myspace was just starting I in was 99 not on the cutting edge no. of the world wide america world. online <laughs> <laughs> so I, i'm curious cuz i know what feminism is mm-hmm. uh but a lot of people don't understand feminism so can you because yeah, de- they think it's bad yeah they mm-hmm. do they think it's just you know don't wear your bras and light them on fire in front of people like mm-hmm. that's that, and, and be that's, mean to men and that's not my feminism mm-hmm. is at all and i'm gonna be tongue-tied from saying that word over and over again i mean it can well, be if you want it to be but um yeah feminism is just i don't know the bumper sticker version i guess is that the radical notion that women are people and so radical that's <laughs> it i mean what I, half of us are Feminine? <laughs> Half of us are female people? Yeah. What? We're all know. just people. Um, and that women and men are equal. And so, yeah, it's not that hard of a notion. I think the, what trips some people up is that they think equality means taking things away from other people. And so men particularly think, oh, that means if they get something, they have to take it away from me. Or they have to hate me in order to love themselves, uh, which is just silly. I think a lot of, there's a lot of faulty arguments or misconceptions that are really just lazy, honestly. (laughs) It's like, it's not that hard to think about this concept. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot, I just think a lot of people don't understand that it is, it is really a much simpler concept than what people make it out to be. I think some people, I mean, with anything, some people take it to such an extreme. Yeah. Well, and that's how (laughs) places get the, I mean, that's how people and things get bad reputation is the extremists. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's called in, in formal logic, it's called reductio ad absurdum. And you essentially just reduce something to its most illogical argument and, and pretend that's what they're saying. And so, yeah, of course, the, most feminists like men, some don't, there is misandry, but yeah, for the most part, it's just getting along as equals and making things so that th- there's no systematic oppression of women. And you don't have to be a woman to be a feminist either. You don't. It's yeah. Very, very Wait, what? Thing. It's true. <laughs> we it's are you and your radical ideas over there. I know. We are a feminist household. I yes. am the only male in this household. <laughs> but that's not why we're no, feminists. No, not at all. I just have a very strong, opinionated 19-year-old daughter who reminds me that sometimes things that I hold to be true and think are fine need to stop and be rethought and for that i am incredibly proud of her because like i can't remember it was a long time ago but i said something about oh a man wearing a tutu and being silly and she was like well why i was like um i don't know okay (laughs) um wait wait okay let me rethink that no no you're right you're right it's not i I don't know it's just i'm old i have to rethink these things i say be patient with me and 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 when you notice that i have some illogical thought that i just grew up with just kindly remind me to maybe you might want to rethink that mom is that true is there a real reason behind that and and then I'll rethink it. And if there's not, then I'll change my mind. I promise. 
I think changing your mind is one of the most beautiful things that people can do. And I always get really confused because I used to be a Republican. I, you know, I voted for George Bush. I, you know, I was very, very orthodox, conservative Mormon. And I've come, I guess, in probably a decade, I've come really 180 on a lot of things. And so I think it's so possible for people to change their minds. And I think it's so important to keep your mind open. I know that's a cliche. Um, but just, yeah, maybe I think stupid, shitty things that I shouldn't think. And like when confronted with a good argument, I'll change my mind. I think people think I'm really confrontational in general, but I just really like interrogating ideas and having back and forth. And I actually do change my mind about a lot. So I'm willing to be convinced, but you also have to be a persuasive, (laughs) a persuasive person. It can't just be because that's the way it is. Well, and people get too emotional, particularly about feminism and say it, it just, it, in a lot of people, and by people I mean men, it really evokes this very like visceral response where it feels they feel attacked. Um, and I think that applies to women too. A lot of women uh, don't want to think about feminism because they don't want to think that they might be in an inferior position. They just want to think, okay, everything's fine. I can do whatever I want to do. I get paid the same as men. I get treated the same as men. And that's not true. Not so no. I think it's it's really a lot of people feel very threatened by interrogating their core beliefs. Um, but I feel the opposite. I feel, I like it. No, I agree. I think that you should, you should question everything. My, my kids actually go to a parochial school and I was very surprised one day when we sat down with the principal for the principal of this Catholic school to say out loud, if your children are not questioning their religion, there is something wrong. Do not get mad at your children. Yeah, he said. He said, and this is in a room full of very Catholic parents doing a focus group. And he said, if if your kids aren't questioning their religion at this age, and and with what we're doing in this school, then we're not doing our job. Which is crazy to think from from a, a parochial school that that's the message you're getting out of it. But really reassuring, honestly. Yes. Well, te- teaching critical thinking is something that's really important. Right. And I, I went to Brigham Young University, the Lord's University. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, that's a, that's not a like that, yeah. <laughs> um, And the, I feel like strangely, that's not something that you're taught at BYU. You're very much taught the opposite, you know, lockstep. You take religion classes. You're very much depends on the department, but you're really taught to be a, you know, lockstep Mormon. But in some ways, I found myself interrogating everything that I believed because everyone just went along with it. And it was very, very creepy, honestly. And I'm from Oregon, and I didn't grow up with a lot of Mormons. And so I really clashed with the culture there. Um, So I think that's what really helped me develop this sense of critical thinking and interrogation and logic and all these different things is being in a culture where everyone just go, went along with everything. <laughs> so, so did you always know you were going to become an attorney or was that something mm-hmm. you kind of discovered at that point? No, my mom is an attorney um, and they asked me what I wanted to be when I was four. And I said, I wanted to be either a waitress or a judge. So, <laughs> well, I, did, so I did not go the food service you're route. You're on your way to being a judge. <laughs> Both are pretty powerful if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck with people that hand you yep. your food. That's the only advice I'll ever give someone. I did not go that route. Um, but yeah, again, my mom was an attorney, so I just always grew up thinking that's what women do. It is. 
Yeah, women women think a lot. I are you still well, LDS? I mean, women think a lot. <laughs> Let's not let that slide by. <laughs> I told you he's he's, he's our uh, politically in in inept. <laughs> Let's put that on a bumper sticker. I'm, I'm writing it down right now. Women think a lot. That might be the your show. next T-shirt slogan. That, that might be the show. We title. have an episode where where even Jessica talks so much, even her vagina speaks. So yeah. hey, it happens. It tried. I I shut that shit right down. <laughs> it has a way of shutting down. <laughs> it gets scared. It's shy. So are you Pretty still? There's a wall built. Are you still LDS? I mean, do you still believe in the faith? I know you've been excommunicated. I um, was, but, yeah, but by faith. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not. Mm-mm. It's hard. Is it hard? Do you want me to elaborate on that? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, is it? Is it? A, it yeah, we don't like yes or no answers. We'll this, start interrogating. Was it a? Was it a sort of like uh, on your way out because you knew this was happening? I'm just done and I'm only sticking around to make this a public thing or um, well I think Mormonism is <clears throat> sort of in a lot of ways a totalizing faith so people will say often Mormons will say it's either all true or none of it is true that's like something they say all the time mm-hmm. and so a lot of people that's why history is such a big uh, poison pill for them because <laughs> they find <laughs> someone will find one thing that's yeah. not true and then I'll be like oh I guess that means none of it is true because everyone says it's all true or none of it's true. Um, and so for me, I think the really violent experience I had being excommunicated showed me the true nature of the church in a very intimate, personal way. And that it's, you know, violently misogynistic and extremely oppressive and very, very uh, toxic. And so for me, it was this really rapid, you know, a lot of people leaving the Mormon church is like, decades of you know talking about it and it's kind of like ripping a bandit off one hair at a time like so <laughs> slowly but for me it was just like rip, rip and it's gone and i was out one day i was mormon the next day i wasn't and i pretty much never went back um and have no intention of going back you can get rebaptized sure. if you quote unquote repent so I could, I would obviously, I wouldn't do that because I would. Nobody have to. had time for that. <laughs> no. Well, and you don't feel like you have done anything that you yeah. need to repent. Well, right. look, there's some good yeah. news in this. You don't have to worry about the missionaries coming to your door. Oh no, they do. They came like a couple weeks ago. <gasps> did, did you, you tell say? Them who you did were? you say? Did you say? Don't I, you know don't who you I am? Don't you know who I am? Did you say? Bless their hearts. It was two missionaries from male or female. Two female missionaries. They're not allowed to visit her if they're males because she's alone. Yeah, I was alone. Um, and they were from, I don't remember, Peru and like El Salvador. Yeah, they didn't know. And they, and then you started speaking to them in Spanish and they were like, whoa. Did you have a discussion with them about how they should be able to hold the priesthood? (laughs) Yeah, immediately. That was like the first thing I said. Also, I didn't have much time. So I was like, anyways, I got excommunicated for advocating for women to get the priesthood. How do you feel about that? And they're like, okay, anyways, um, see you later. Cross that name. They literally like normally they always try to set up an appointment Uh with you to come back if you don't have time. And they were like, okie dokie. And they like literally started like backing away. And I was like, well, (laughs) bye. It's the devil. So we met that when you get off your mission, ladies. I used to be (laughs) married to an LDS man. And so I didn't have to worry about missionaries because our house was marked as a LDS house. (laughs) They have have a map. Yeah. It's like your ash on your forehead. Yeah. No, not in the state so, of Utah. So Jeremy the knows ash this. on the forehead means nothing. To I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been in a bishop's office. But I have because as a Catholic, oh, yeah, I, I wanted have. to go 
to the Mormon dances. So I went and got a dance card and they have a map and they have circles on Mormon and non-Mormon houses. Anyway, so I avoided it. I avoided missionaries for a long, long, long time. They knew, but I still, we still don't get missionaries and, we've been and I've been the... divorced for seven years. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if they like tagged it. Like don't go to the store because these people will be like, why are you Dude's going to answer his door in his underwear <laughs> with his wiener out. Um, not, it's not. <laughs> There's a stamp for that. <laughs> it's probably our neighbors. They, our neighbors are very good LDS people, and I'm sure they've heard us like in the backyard drinking and partying, and they're like, don't even bother. Like, Don't even. Low-priority family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're not going to switch. Or maybe Don, so maybe Don put in a good word for me. I'm really on good terms with my ex. So maybe he just puts in a good word for me. Let's change sub. <laughs> let's change subject. Anywho, I'm done, I'm done talking about Mormons. Um, we talk about Mormons enough on this show. Um, I was just that was just for me. I was curious. Yeah, I call myself an apatheist. I want to know because I don't know anything about this, and it's on my little my little note card. Are you a slave breeder? Like, do you, <laughs> do you own slaves? It just says slave Wait, breeding. Wait, I'm waiting yeah. for the punch. Yeah. Oh, I said, Across yeah, I'm going to punch you in the face. Um, are you a Nazi? Because I'll punch you in the face. As you should. She's Captain America. She is Captain America. Um, I haven't worked now lately. There you um, go. <laughs> uh, so the, I was asked what subject I like to talk about that I don't actually usually get to talk about. And I would say that's, uh, I said slave breeding. Um, and the reason I don't get to talk about that is pretty obvious. Uh, it's pretty, uh, dire, demoralizing topic. It's heavy stuff. But I, in law school, I had a professor, she taught my reproductive justice class. And in that class, she, she had us review a manuscript of a book that she was writing called Breeding a Nation. So it's about, uh, the slave breeding trade. And she passed away, unfortunately, from cancer. And, Wait, Her. so this is a real thing? It's a real thing. Book called Breeding the Nation. Yeah, it's totally real. Um, and so I, her widow contacted me and after she passed away, I was actually in Kenya when she passed away. Um, and she was, to her, her name is Pamela Bridgewater. She was a genius. She's a really, really amazing legal scholar. And so he contacted me to help finish the book because I had worked on it while she was alive. So I'm helping slowly but surely. Oh. A book project is hard, and especially if you didn't write it. Um, helping her finish a book. It's about the slave breeding trade, and slave breeding uh, essentially is pretty obvious that what happened in a lot of states, like Virginia is one of them, where the soil wasn't as good as the South, and they didn't actually export crops. What they exported were, were slaves. Oh so they God. bred slaves to sell to other plantation owners. Wow, I did oh not God, know that was... So Thomas Jefferson, for example, was not a slave owner. He was a slave breeder. So what he sold wasn't like tobacco or corn or any of these cash crops. What he sold were people that he bred, including his own offspring. And so um, there's a huge slave breeding trade. I don't know if you want to talk about this for 75 hours, but I sure could. Um, <laughs> but the <basic>. Your podcast. <laughs> All right, everyone buckle up. Um <laughs> Well, let's tie it back to Utah. Are there any slave breeders at Dixie State University? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What? Dixie? What in the world? That is such a weird name. (laughs) It is a horrible name. My daughter wants to go there because they offer the classes she's taking. And I'm like, can I? I'm not ever going to call it what it is. It's such a strange legacy. Yes. Um, Okay. Although Utah was a slave state. Um, Brigham Young. What a shock. I'm shocked. 
Very good. And they were actually slaves in the first company in the, you know how they celebrate days of 47 mm-hmm. and they came in and they said, this is the place in that company. There were three slaves. So there were actually slaves, obviously other than the displaced original native people, there were slaves, uh, were some of the first, uh, companies to come into Utah. So and we always, Catholics. the Catholics were here before the Mormons too. Yeah. Yeah, there were lots of people. There were Again, lots, yes. including but not limited to large <laughs> but, Indian nations. But you know, the, the white the white Mormon man comes in and yeah, yeah, grabs it. This is the place. Um, and <laughs> anyway, so, back to the book. <laughs> anyways, so yeah, Utah actually has a really long uh, and sordid relationship with the slave trade. Um, but Brigham Young believed in slavery and wanted Utah to be a slave territory and then a slave state. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm writing that book. Basically, I think slave breeding impacts a lot of, uh, our constitutional, our constitution and the way that our country was set up and also westward expansion because at a certain point, the slave breeding industry couldn't, the, the market was saturated in the south and so they wanted to expand west because they needed a place, to, a sell place to sell their, their crop, which was people. And, uh, also the, the, transatlantic slave trade was ended because of slave breeding lobby because they wanted to end they didn't want them to bring slaves from africa because they wanted a market for their own slaves and so it's all this really really sick twisted version of capitalism in which this the slave trade and bringing slaves from africa actually ended because they wanted to breed american slaves so if we were talking about something like cotton it would be amazing yeah but this no, this is people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like it's really important to understand for a lot of reasons. One of them is the motives of the Constitution. So, for example, um, the the Electoral College, like the, the Electoral College was a compromise between um, slave owning states mm-hmm. and, and non-slave states in order to, to make concessions because it was this tiny population of uh, voting population, which was white property owning males in the South versus um, the North and where there weren't as many slaves, although there were slaves and the North benefited in a different way. And so uh, a lot of the crops were brought through the North and that's why they had all the biggest trading ports and so it's really important to understand a lot of these compromises were made directly because of slavery. Um, and also because again, people like Thomas Jefferson, it wasn't, he didn't have crops. He only had slaves. And so Monticello and all these other things, the, the wealth that they held was in their slaves. They didn't have that. That was the capital was the bodies of these people that they owned. Um, and so it's really important to understand that it's like a rancher with cattle yeah exactly that's exactly how they in their logs that's how they uh understand it that's how they write about them they wow. compare them to livestock does this still go on anywhere in the world yeah you know? there's definitely slave slavery in other parts of the world i mean slave that, breeding specifically yeah i'm sure there is um i don't know about the modern slave breeding trade as much as i know about um the one in america but i, I wouldn't doubt it um there are some really uh, I, I can recommend a book if you want to read this. The one that I'm working on is forthcoming, but if you want to read a book, it's called American Slave Coast, and it's specifically about the slave breeding trade. Um, but I think people have, in general, a really rosy idea. Some people, you know, a lot of people, including but not limited to the descendants of people who were enslaved, 
understand the brutality of what it was. But I think a lot of other people think, oh, they just kind of were like farmhands, um, which is not true at all. Um, the slave trade was brutal. Um, it broke up families. Literally, uh, people would sell their own offspring. They were forced um, to work and breed. And so it was the, the totality of the problem and the real brutality of this American slave trade really needs to be talked about so that people can understand really our founding. Like if you don't understand slavery, you don't understand what our country you was founded wasn't on. a bunch of wholesome Christian guys that... Uh, no, the, the, don't you know that America is founded on Christianity and the belief in God? Well, I'm really rolling my eyes hard for people who can't see me <laughs> yeah. right now, just so you know. But also there's slavery in the Bible. So even if yeah. you were a Christian, you might still believe in slavery. Slavery has existed for, for as long as humans have been alive. I mean, earliest people would take slaves. Yeah. And, they, and you know, different cultures had slaves. Vikings had slaves. And, you know, African tribes had slaves. Their slavery has ex- existed in a lot of forms. But the brutality of the particular... Um, a slave trade in the United States, and again, the slave breeding uh, was was unique. Yeah, and so the way we still treat the ethnicity that was enslaved is very predominant. Yeah, I think culture. it's really important, and particularly Black women in today's society are you know the way that we treat their reproductive choices and the way that um, you know sometimes Black women are involuntary involuntarily sterilized or don't have access to the same reproductive health care. And a lot of these things, I think, come out of the, this legacy that a lot of us don't know about. Um, yeah, but, I didn't have any idea. But boy, what would it be like to be a black woman? I mean, seriously, like, can you be much more oppressed in the United States? Than yeah, and a I think, woman? and a lot of this history, it, a lot of this history makes very clear the reasons that that exists. It's not arbitrary. It's very purposeful. It's very integral to our economy. You know, our, the, the way that the United States operated was based on un, unearned labor, you know, unearned advantage over people who worked uh, essentially for free. And so I think... Yeah, it's really important to understand that it wasn't just the South, but it was the entire United States that was built on this economy. And the North, again, while they ended uh, slavery or didn't have as many slaves and fought on that side of the Civil War, really also benefited economically from the slave trade. Oh, absolutely. Because they got cheaper goods. They got cheaper cotton. They got cheaper... And they exported all the goods to, to different places, including the UK. And so, yeah, it's just this really complex system that I... I want to understand more about, and I think other people should understand more about so that we can understand, okay, why do we, why has this situation persisted for so long? Why is this? Well, there- yeah, and if you think about it, it still persists. Corporations, big corporations live off the back of underpaid workers. Yeah, like, I think. In and out. Mm-hmm. Every day, Walmart is, is a prime example. They pay their workers and treat them like shit. There is a thing called wage slavery. Of course, chattel slavery is completely different. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, yes. And of it involves not being owned, which is um, really yes. different. But I think there's lots of vestiges of of the system. And if we don't understand what it was, and if we don't understand the intricacies, and if we don't understand, like, that was the mindset of the people who wrote our Constitution. Yeah. Like that not only again, not only were they slave owners, which is true. I mean, today, I don't know if you heard in the press conference, but Trump said, what about Thomas Jefferson? He was a major slave owner, direct quote. And I was like, yeah, 
What about that? Let's talk about that. Yeah. I can't believe you're bringing Don't that up, but okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sure the um, internet's going to have fun with that. He said he was a major slaveholder, which is true. Bigly. 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 And Usually. he also mentioned George Washington. He's like, well, George Washington was a slave owner. Are we going to take down statues of him? Uh, and I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm, this is a fascinating moment where he's actually bringing something to light that a lot of people don't know about in an inadvertent way. You know what I mean? He's using it to defend them in yeah. a weird way. He's using it to defend the, the, the George tr- Washington owned slaves. So it's totally cool. These right. fucking crazy fascist Nazis, you know. Chant run people over run at marches and- well he's also I mean, he was defending robert e lee the statue they were trying to take down and he was basically like, well what are we gonna do take all the statues down they were all slave owners and i'm like eh, okay, oh, good. Fair, okay fair point <laughs> you yeah, know yeah um, let's do it i, I mean, forget what the percentage is but i think it's a huge percentage of the original oh yeah because uh, they were all wealthier people mm-hmm. and wealthy people back then owned slaves That's and the just... worst of the worst were the slave breeders honestly like andrew jackson was a slave breeder well, andrew jackson was a piece of shit i don't yeah. know why he's on our money i know we started the treasury <laughs> but what a shitty president like yeah. he was the, honestly andrew jackson was the trump of his time yeah, and Trump has his portrait. Yeah, and like loves Andrew him Jackson and... was a shitty president. Yeah, <laughs> for so many reasons. But I think it's partly in part because again he was a breeder, so he 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 was involved in the most insidious uh, part of the slave trade. That's well, when crazy. you can't think of another human being as another human being, mm-hmm. then there's something wrong with you. Yeah, and I think it's really important also not to fall into the trope of like, oh, they were just a product of their times. Everyone was a no. slave owner, and it was okay. That's it's not still even, not okay. That's not even remotely true. In in places in the South, there were an, there were abolition abolitionist organizations, there were abolitionist movements, there were lots of other people who didn't own property, people as property. There were people who were fighting against it. There were other founding fathers who didn't own slaves. So there, it's it's it, it's it's not like oh, everyone just believed that, or everyone. It's not that that's ever an excuse. But even for their contemporary time, they had to fight tooth and nail because they were an aberration. So I think, yeah, of course, they owned slaves, but it wasn't that was a choice they made in order to keep their capital. And it's not something that they should be, I think, forgiven for. I agree. Yeah, that's crazy. Let's take down the statues. Your mind is blown, isn't it? I, 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 I mean, really, I didn't. Know I'm not using quarters that, anymore. So <laughs> I, I know what I'm going to spend half my day that I should be working tomorrow doing. Yeah. So quarters yeah. and what is it, Jackson on fifties to fifties? Ew. Yeah. Get rid of. I him. really don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't really ever see fifty dollar bills, so I'm okay. I just not need a to stop. Yeah, he does really though. Yeah, I just I need he was to get on the twenty. Some... Andrew Jackson's on the twenty. Is he? I think he's on the twenty. Everybody pull out your money. But that's what the ATM gives out. I don't know. Oh my gosh. But I'm pretty sure Jackson. Oh yeah. Oh, he is. Look at that. (gasps) Shit. Old dickhead Andrew Jackson. (laughs) I thought it was going to be Sojourner Truth. Am I just making that up? They voted. Yeah, what happened with that? Yeah, they voted. I I think it's still going to happen? I yeah, don't know. I think so. I think, I think, I think they're going to change it. I don't think they're going to replace him, though. Like a special way. edition. So I, can just, uh, so I can still use 20s as long as I get the right one. Yeah. Right one. yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. You're like, I don't want the Andrew <gasps> Jackson or I could one, use the I could use the state quarters. It's Grant that's on the 50. Ulysses Grant. Grant. Oh, I yeah, but he was a... Yeah, that that's so... No better, We right? can't use 50s. Was, who's on the $100 well, bill? Ulysses S. Grant was a Civil War general for the North, right? So. Yeah, he wasn't even a. Who's on the hundred? Franklin. Oh. Also a non-president. Ben. Um. Good old, ben, good old <laughs> Benny Franklin. 
I yeah, I really I do think it is Sojourner Truth, and I'm not sure when that's going to happen. But she yeah. was amazing. I'll look it I'll up. I'll look it up. Uh, okay, you look it up while I'm while I'm continuing. If I look stuff up, the show just grinds to a halt <laughs> because I try to. We read. all suck at your witty panter. <laughs> so there's there's a few things locally I want to talk about, and, and then I've got some other questions for you. But okay, Rio Grande, mm-hmm. how? I'm sure you're familiar with the situation yeah. um, and what's what's gone on the last days. I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. I don't know. This is another situation where I'm just glad I'm not in charge. Because <laughs> you're, I mean, you're a huge advocate for people. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that need advocates down there, but there's also a lot of piece of shit down there. It's, like it's, 87 of them are no longer on the street. 87. Yeah, that's how many they arrested. Yeah, just that, yesterday. Yeah, but that's for a day. Yeah. Because the jail's full. They'll go back. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would not say that my expertise is homelessness in any way, um, shape or form, but my expertise is human rights. And so I think it's just such a delicate situation. And, and there are so many interests that are so obviously invested in, in making money off the situation that I think it gets really hard. So, for example, the Pioneer Park Coalition um, is basically developers and other people who want to develop that area because... Money. A long time ago, it was way far out of town, and now it's right downtown. Right in the middle of it all. Um, and so people have fancy condos and other things that they want. They want businesses there. They want it to prosper, and they find homeless people to be very pesky, which I think is deplorable. But it, it, it's a difficult situation. It's hard to deal with. It involves mental health. It involves drug use. It involves families. It, it's a hard, hard solution. I just think everyone wants it not to be in their backyard, and everyone wants to not deal with the problem. So it's it, it becomes more and more difficult i think the mayor and the city council are in a difficult position of where to put it what to do you know how to and and i actually i don't know if you've noticed this but in other cities it's not the homelessness population in large cities is not as concentrated as it is in salt lake well it's because there are multiple missions and multiple homeless services so yeah i mean my personal opinion and i've said this on the show before is i think the way they went about announcing it was Total horseshit. I think they did a bad job doing that. Uh, but at some level, I think that's the only way you can do it because what they want to do is put a bunch of homeless shelters in a bunch of communities, which I think is which the smart is, way to go. Yeah, the community, the whole community, not just the downtown community, needs to be supportive well, of... And and we've talked about it, but you take 1,500 people and put them in one facility, you're going to have problems, yeah. period, end of subject. If you break that up and spread it across the valley... You can specialize services. You don't have 1,500 people. You now have 150 to 200 people. It's a it's a whole different situation. And I, I think that's where other cities have been successful in, in not having it be such a, a crazy menace. I think one of the hard things is it's awfully easy to criticize those that aren't involved and not making those decisions. It's awfully easy to say, well, that was a bad decision. But, it's so but what's hard. the other decision to make? <laughs> so hard. Did you, did you see the stuff on Ben McAdams that came out last week? That the, he the, went the to undercover? Yeah, I did, and I've met Ben McAdams, and he does seem like a really genuine, nice, engaged person. I feel like something about it feels a little bit icky to me <laughs> in that it was like for – I know he didn't like publicize it or whatever, um, but there's just something about it that's like – it feels a little bit like – I used to live in Kenya and when I was in Kenya, they would do like slum tourism. So people would like spend a night in the slum and like learn what it's like, but then it's like gross and they'll just go back to their life and like post about how they lived in a slum for a night on an Instagram or whatever. There's something really 
just fundamentally disgusting about that concept to me. But at the same time, I want our politicians to be involved. I want them to know what they're making decisions about. I want them to have to confront homeless people, people who are experiencing homelessness face to face. So I find it unique what he did. I don't know that everyone should be going out and doing it, but I, I don't know. I appreciate his sincerity. I appreciate him wanting to know the best thing to do. I really do think that he's honest and sincere about wanting to do the best thing. I'm not sure that that's happening. Um, but yeah, it's a difficult situation, especially in a city that's so fundamentally based on religion and really the people who run the government are very religious people especially at the Utah State Legislature, it's so interesting to you know, me. the Mormons. Yeah, Mormons, also known as Mormons. I think it's 97% Mormon, Utah State Legislature. It's really high. Um, and so, yeah, it's just difficult to know what what to do. Like, could they just turn, like, every Mormon chapel into a shelter, you know, during the winter when they needed to? Or use, the, use the basketball courts for use, use anything. I mean, at, at this point, people are literally freezing to death. Mm-hmm. And so... What what are some extreme things that people can do to really take care of our community? I don't know what the answer is. I'm just, I just think it's so complex. Yeah, yeah. So I, you're involved in a million things, and we're not going to be able to talk about all of them. What a shame! I hope that you're so, bringing what up a crying shame. <laughs> Please, I will. Um, okay. I, I'm I'm curious. What? Uh, how do you choose? Like where do you where do you go? This is this is what I want to work on today. I think I've been pretty consistent with a common thread, which is women's rights and advocacy for women, for obvious reasons. I am a woman, uh, and so I think usually for me and for what I've seen in other people, your most effective advocacy comes when you're a part of the community who's being oppressed and when you're speaking up for yourself and people like you. And so that's why I spend most of my time and passion and energy working for women. So I helped found a group called Utah Women Unite that planned the Women's March on the Utah State Capitol, which was the largest march in Utah State history on the Capitol um, January and January 23rd. And so I think Yeah, although I do different projects, I think most of my interest and passion and energy really is channeled into making things better for women. So on that, since I brought it up, and it's become a huge, a huge thing, as we mentioned before, we have a family of women in this house. Um, Planned parenthood is something that I never needed to take advantage of because um, my mom was amazing, even though she's a very conservative Catholic woman, uh, about being realistic with sexuality. So, and I, we had health care and stuff. But, um, but my daughters, who also have health care, but don't really have like, like a primary care physician that they go to all the time. And my one daughter is 17, and so she still sees the pediatrician. Um, both recently have had need of this service, which is, amazing. And so we, we went to the farmer's market one Saturday and we picked up the pamphlets and we picked up the fun buttons and I brought these home and I said, go like here and, and go. And they did. And, and they got what they needed and, and were comfortable and they did, I'm going to cry. They did such an amazing (laughs) job with them. And then, um, so my daughter just, her prescription just recently, um, started to run out and she's a poor planner and she's like, mom, uh, I took my last pill today and, 
you know, she has the little card from Planned Parenthood that you have to take there. And so she had to go to work and we went up there and, and the lady's like, you know, you don't have to pay, but you know, well, this is what it costs. And, and we looked at each other and we went, and I just handed her my card and you could tell how extremely grateful she was. And anytime I ever run into anyone that works for Planned Parenthood, I always tell them, thank you so much for the service that you provide. Um, I wish that I had time to be more active in it, but I am very appreciative of this service because now it's affecting me so personally and helping my daughters out so much. And I am so scared of this service being cut Mm -hmm. and, and not just because of them, but we walked in there and the waiting room is full. It's full of people that you should go to the South Jordan one. That's where I go. It's not full all the time. But I mean, I mean, you're here, you're here, you're here in in Kearns. It's Kearns is poor. Uh And we went to the one that's in West Valley by the Valley Fair Mall in a poor neighborhood. And I just looked around and I went, what would all these people do? I mean, there's women sitting there with their kids who are probably trying to get birth control so that they don't have any more because they probably can't afford what they have. And there's young women and there was one other guy and Chris, but there was just one other guy and Chris. But I mean, I just looked around at the scope Mm -hmm. of all of the people that were there and the services provided. And I went, why are you trying to cut this? Mm -hmm. You know, when, when I lived in New Jersey, that's who I went to see because it's too hard trying to find a prim- like a primary physician <laughs> when you're not familiar with, with anything. And so I went there for years. And when I moved back to Utah, I went to a primary physician on a recommendation from my aunt. I hated it. I know, like all they ever wanted to do was prescribe. And I'm like, I just have questions. And I was like, you know what? F this, I'm going back to Blind Parent. Mm-hmm. And I've been going ever, I've been going ever since. Well, I, you know, it's and for people like our daughter, you know, our daughter's seventeen. Normal primary care physician won't see her. Mm-hmm. She has to go to her pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Who wants to talk to the pediatrician they've had for you know however long it is? In her case, seventeen years. Uh, you know, birth control options like that's not a comfortable conversation at that especially point, especially because her. her pediatrician is a dude. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, I mean, when I first had to go see. A, a, you know, a, a doctor down there. It a was a woman. Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it wasn't for anything that had anything to do with sexual activity, but it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And then when I went to go have a baby, it was a guy and I didn't care and it was, it was fine. But there's, my girls didn't have a bad thing to say. I don't even know if they saw a man or a woman and they took them in individually. Mm-hmm. And Chris says, well, how come you guys pick different birth control? And I said, they are different people. And that was what was amazing about it is they were both presented with all of the same options. Mm -hmm. And somebody took the time to go over, you know, what is going to be best for you. And they individually made this decision and took care of them. Yeah. And what's your, what's your involvement? Yeah. So like, (laughs) I know that you're big into it and sorry, that was, this is an infomercial for for Planned Parenthood. I like think I said, anytime I run into people, I yeah. just, I, I want, I want to hear and I want to know. And I think it's because, um, well, I don't work at Planned Parenthood anymore, although I did for a year and had a good experience yeah. there. I think the reason that people feel so comfortable there is because it's a judgment free zone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're just always for talking sure. about sex, expecting everyone has sex, treat it as something totally normal and as a normal medical 
issue that everyone is dealing with. And so there's no, absolutely no judgment. I mean, when I was working there, it's like, and I grew up Mormon, so I'm actually pretty prude. Um, When I first started working there, I'm like, okay, we're talking about dental dams and at a board meeting or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like all these, all these different um, ways to prevent STIs. And, you know, I had to get really quickly, really comfortable with these very open conversations and, and pleasure and all these different things that are just common conversations at Planned Parenthood because they treat sex like it is, which is just a human experience that everyone goes through. And sexuality is part of the normal human experience. And so I think that's why people feel so comfortable there. And that's what they really do a good job of is their expertise is in judgment-free care for all people, including men um, and uh, transgender people. And so I think yeah, that's what they really, really excel at. And that helps people become more uh, okay with conversations about sexuality, which makes them safer. Right. I think sexuality is so, can be potentially so dangerous. You can get diseases, you can get pregnant, you can have, there are a lot of potentially dangerous health outcomes. And so it's important to be comfortable and be able to talk about these things and know where to get care and know how to prevent disease. And so that's something they just do a great job at. I think the reason that it's always under attack is the same reason that what I've been talking about in the very, that our very founding is, is basically built on the control of women's reproductive activity. And so it really does go back to what our country is founded on, controlling women, controlling their bodies, controlling the bodies of people that are owned, controlling the bodies of women who are free, controlling our bodies and controlling what we do with our time and with our talents and with our families is something that's very key to conservatism, the the Republican Party in spe- specifically now. And so it's it's kind of simple and obvious, you know, they do just want to control women. <laughs> um, and it sounds so, it sounds too simplistic, but I really think that's what it boils down to. And that's also why Planned Parenthood is so important because if you can't make decisions about your own body, if you body, if you can't make decisions about whether or not to procreate, whether or not to have children, if you can't d- protect yourself from disease, uh, then you're really, really vulnerable and you're at risk. If you have total autonomy over whether or not you are going to parent, then you also have total autonomy of what you're going to be, where you're going to work, what you're going to do, how you're going to be politically engaged, if you're going to be an activist. All of these things really rest upon being able to choose when and how to have a family. And so it, I mean, it's, it sounds like a big leap, like, okay, have a baby or be an activist. Obviously people can do both, but the thing that's key is to have, uh, have autonomy and have consent over those decisions and be able to take charge of your own life. And I think a lot of women, especially in this state, have no control over when they have babies, what they do, and also if they're assaulted, how to control that situation. And so I think Planned Parenthood also does a really good job with women who have been sexually assaulted, which is a huge percentage of our population, unfortunately. Yeah. So I want to I'm going to make things a little bit happier with yeah. women's rights. I found. <laughs> Sorry, that, is a, that was a big emotional thing for mm-hmm. me. I, I a found, lot of people feel that way. I found the answer to our uh, bill question. So, <laughs> nice. you know. we are, we're a little bit off. Harriet. It's a long way, so it's Harriet, long way away. Harriet Tubman's replacing Andrew Jackson. Okay, no, not such an No, Got she it. is. There's on, actually on the going face. to be on the back. She So she's oh. going to be on the face, and Andrew Jackson's going to the back of the bill. Oh, man. 
Man. So, he'll so have maybe a I could picture combo. On the so maybe I could actually it use really it. It really is. It really is. Awful. Jackson. So I keep my money face up. So I think I I could go back to using okay. the Okay. So it's it's Harry it's Tubman, like, not Sojourner. Yeah. Truth. So okay. Sojourner Truth. Mm. So the back of the ten dollar bill, they're actually going to be doing a, a bunch of different like a series people. of women. Oh, so nice. Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth, Katie Stanton. Um, Lucretia, Lucretia Mott. Mott, Alice Paul, and their Sojourner Truth. Nice. And then on the back of the five, they're going to put Marian Anderson, uh, and Eleanor Roosevelt, huh. and Martin Luther King Jr. But we have to wait till 2020. So. Oh, okay. But we get to have a, a, a black, cool. some black people too. This yeah. makes me happy. So, yeah. I mean, really I, I really people. like putting like MLK on the back of the, the five because that's Lincoln, right? Mm. The five is Lincoln. And I think that's a good fit between the two. That is if you good. think about interesting, they'd be best friends. Oh. I'll tell you who wouldn't be best friends: Harriet <laughs> Tubman and Andrew, Andrew Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> Any of these people and Andrew Jackson, not best friends, not so. besties. Man, not. he was such a piece of shit. I really yeah. hate him. <laughs> yeah. The only reason he's on our money is because he started the treasury. That's uh. it. I guarantee you, that's it. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason he's there. Uh, okay, so two more questions for you. So yeah. the first is. Um, what do you say to people? What do you have to say to people that, that want to become involved in activism, want to become activists? Mm-hmm. I don't know if becoming involved in activism is the right phrase. But yeah, want, sure. Want to become activists, want to be involved. And, and what do you say to the people that are involved that are at their wits end and, and ready to just be done with it all? I think that's me. I'm just going to say <laughs> every, every other day. Every other day. <laughs> Kay has to think of something to tell herself to keep herself going. I'm like, all right, all right. Need a pep talk. So if you want to be involved, it's actually just show up to something. Honestly, it's so it's all volunteer. It's just people who are chipping in. It's, you know, when we planned the women's march, it's literally like we just had public meetings and like anyone who would show up who wanted to do something. We're like, okay. You write the press release. You do this. You do this. It was anyone. Like the person who became our communications director had never done anything before and just like Trump got elected and she's like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to get involved. (laughs) And so like you can really, you just show up, go to a rally, go to a meeting, you know, come, come to one thing and, and bring a friend if you, if you feel alone. If you have time, then you can be an activist. That's all it takes. And I think it's really productive, at least for me, to get involved in things that aren't online. I feel like online conversations can be very draining and not productive. So I think for me, I like to counteract. I do a lot of stuff online, so don't get me wrong. I'm I'm no stranger to social media, but I like getting involved. I like showing up to a meeting. I like going to something. I, I think particularly in Utah, it's really important to get involved in a group that you aren't part of. So for me, it's going to a LULAC meeting. For me, it's getting involved with League of Native American Voters and showing up for their events. It's the multi, there's a group called Multicultural Engagement for Utah, and it's a bunch of different groups, including Tongan American Society and League of Native American Voters and LULAC and all these different groups from different ethnicities together. So it's going to those kind of meetings. Like that's what I would suggest if you're just very new to getting involved. And please do, because people who have been working and been activists and been so vocal and out there get tired and taxed. And so we need other people to be engaged and involved when we really want you to show up in in whatever capacity so if you're at wit's end if you're at wit's then end go find someone else to take your place for a little while yeah or just like i don't know the people talk about self-care i think a little bit too much 
Um, so there's always this talk in activist circles about self care and taking care of yourself. Um, do some goat yoga. Do some yeah. yoga. Yeah. <laughs> Go, yeah. Um, goat yoga. It's, I've, it's, it's all the rage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, taking care of yourself is important. And also a lot of that is unplugging from social media, I think. Um, and so, yeah, giving yourself breaks and just realizing like, I'm doing what I can when I can. It's incumbent upon me to change some things. It's not incumbent upon me to change everything. And so everyone has to do their part. You know what I mean? I feel like when, when the election was coming up and I was like, you know, making calls for Hillary and knocking doors and I had like 17 Hillary signs and I was right. I wrote an op-ed about Hillary and I'm just like, I can see the apocalypse on the horizon and I have to stop it. Um, at a certain point, you can just do what you can do. And, and that, that's fine. Um, people I don't really have patience for are people who do nothing, who don't speak up, who don't, you know, really get engaged or involved at all and then complain. I'm like, okay, no, if you didn't vote, don't complain. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite easy to get involved. And if you get burned out, I would say just, you know, do what, do what makes you happy in life. And also I think something I've been talking about a lot lately is that the concept that you're not your struggle is very important. So for me, I think a lot of people, it's funny how people perceive me and then how I see myself. Um, I think, you know, I'm not my struggle. I'm not this fight against patriarchy. I'm not this fight against racism or, or homophobia. Those are things I engage in because I think they're important, but that fight is not me. I'm a separate person. I have a family. I have people that I love. I surround myself with joy. I enjoy you know, sewing, I enjoy, I'm obsessed with mid-century modern furniture. I have hobbies. I, if you follow me online, you'll know that I, um, have quite the addiction. So I think there are like, it's really important to separate yourself from the work and understand that the work is what you do and the work is the struggle, but you are your own person. That's a good answer. Let's see if you good can answer do Kate Kelly. <laughs> Let's see if we you approve. can you can do better. This I don't is, think I can just say your name, Kate, because I yeah. always hear everybody always calls you Kate Kelly, and people really also confuse them. It's funny. Really, call Kate Kelly. Kelly, Kelly a lot. Kate Kelly. I have what? a I have a gentleman who I work with who adores you, and I every day I'm like, okay, two more weeks, Kate Kelly's coming to my house. <laughs> <gasps> I said, okay, Kate Kelly's coming. And uh, he wasn't there today, so I couldn't say it's today. Oh man! But he, yeah. Well, hope he's not disappointed. <laughs> no, he 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 has met you. He's he's followed you through everything. When everything he started happening, you home at night. <laughs> when I'm like, maybe I shouldn't say where. I when everything started <laughs> happening in the beginning with Ordain, like he was all can't leave this in it. So he finds out when your court just, dates are and he hides in the back I the like, it's so funny when I meet people like that because I'm like man this is going to be really disappointing <laughs> I'm just a normal he person has, who's quite opinionated you. he has met you yeah, and still adores that's you that's so sweet and it's funny because people ask me do you get recognized in Salt Lake um, and I don't nearly as much as I used to but every I literally never been approached by someone who disagrees it's only ever because it's Utah. So people are super passive aggressive. They're not going to come up to you mm-hmm. if they disagree with you. They're just going to like write about you online with a pseudonym. Um, <laughs> and so I think, uh, yeah, people 53. are so nice. Like people who come up to me and, you know, the other night I was at Cafe Molise, which is downtown. It's an amazing Italian restaurant. And I was with my parents and we got done and we were going to pay and they're like, Oh, someone, um, already paid for you. 
to someone who recognized me and like wanted to do something nice anonymously. Like they didn't even say anything. It was so nice. Like I find people to be very generous. Um, and so, yeah. Did you hear that activists or activist wannabes just, yeah, you want you want free dinner. All you have to do is get excommunicated in an extremely public way. Like your excommunication. Like don't don't do it like the Quorum of the Seventy guy though. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Your Boring. excommunication was like super, like in the news, like out there, national news. Yeah. And then this dude that's in the Quorum of the Seventy first time in thirty years gets excommunicated, and it's like under the rug. Like no one talk about the fact that. He yeah. diddled a kid or something. I don't <laughs> I know if he really that did that. But. Interesting. Nobody knows what he did because no. they won't say. Uh, but and they unless, did say it was an apostasy, which is what I was excommunicated right. for. If he, I mean. He's not Kate Kelly, so. Yeah. No, hey. but I mean, if I was him, I'd come out and say it. This is what I did. I'm unless, guessing he signed an NDA. There's almost no chance that he didn't sign an Unless what agreement. he did was something that was uh, criminal. We were yeah. wondering and, if maybe everybody like maybe it's church, Catholic, maybe, maybe it's Catholic church esque. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a possibility. Like that was, there, there are actually a very small amount of possibilities. So one is murder, you know, any felony crime, child abuse, um, homosexuality is one. So he could. But wouldn't he, he be an be apost- Wouldn't he be a apostasy? What about as theft? A homosexual? No, 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 no. Because that, apostasy he's not, is different. Because okay. that would be speaking out against mm-hmm. the church. Okay. You yeah. can be gay and still don't yeah. act on your not speak out against the church. He could also. Um, one of the other ones is. Uh, so he could have, could be fraud, could be something with money. Um, so that, I mean, it's actually not a huge range of things like what he did. Also, he could have had an affair. So there's this small handful of things that are pretty serious. Yeah. Um, so who knows what it is? I'm not, you know, I have no particular insight into what it was, although he was involved in a lot of, um, uh, real estate deals that have been written about in New Zealand when he was a leader there. So I think that could have had something to do with it. And that's been written about in City Weekly, um, if anyone wants to read it. But whatever it was, I personally think excommunication is very dangerous and is very violent and is really not – I think it's really barbaric procedure in general. However, I do think if it's used as a way to warn victims or potential victims – so let's say, not in his case, but in general, if there's a child molester, I think it makes sense to excommunicate them from the community so that they're no longer privy to children, so that people don't trust them, so that the community protects themselves. That makes sense to me. It's, same would go for, you know, other crimes. Uh, so I don't know what he did, but in that case, I think if it's used to protect the community, it makes sense. That's why I'm a little disappointed that the church won't say what it's for, because then people can't protect themselves and they can't know. So maybe it was a money thing. It's very possible. Although I think a lot of shady shit happens up at the top of money. (laughs) (laughs) Hey Kelly, the hell you say (laughs) All right. Last question. I promise. Yeah. Um, this is something we ask everyone that's on the show. So you live in Utah, mm-hmm. um, presumably by choice because you've been a lot of places. Yeah. Um, what's one thing that you would tell someone visiting the state of Utah that they had to do before they left? Um, oh, Utah. You always lure me back in. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've came to Utah in 1999 and I've basically been trying to leave ever since. And <laughs> no, no luck since. Um, yeah, but it draws me. It always draws me back. There's so many great things about the state um, that that are coupled with a lot of the worst things that we've been talking about i would say 
I don't know. I'm a skier. So I would say probably skiing. If you were going to do one thing, I mean, it's just like skiing is amazing. Um, if you were going to eat one place, I would say, Oh, now I'm like, want to do like a top 10 guide. Um, uh, <laughs> Kelly's top 10 to something. <laughs> okay. Go do skiing, it. uh, Deer Valley, uh, or any of the other amazing resorts. I would, I'm a vegetarian. Uh, I've been a vegetarian since 2004. Um, and so I like places that have lots and lots of options for, for vegetarians. And so my favorite place actually in one of my favorite places in Salt Lake is called All Chai. It's a vegan Vietnamese restaurant on the west side of Salt Lake. Amazing. So good. Everything is vegan. Incredible. Um, yeah. Check it out. And also go to Gilgal Gardens. Have you guys been? That's mm-hmm. the stone place. Yeah. yeah. It has a it has a statue of a Joseph Smith Sphinx. Sphinx. Yeah. It's just incredible. <laughs> I think Jess is the only one of us that's been, I've no, been there. Jeremy's oh, been a long been time ago. A long time so ago, we had hasn't changed. We haven't actually had him on the podcast, but uh, a friend named Peter who lives in Ireland who has one of the top ten podcasts over there. He's a horticulturist. Nice. And he messaged me one day and was like, Can you please put me on your one thing list? And and that was actually his for the, yeah. his one time in America, like his one thing to go do. It's Let's over. Go to Gilgal. Gilgal. Yeah. A friend of mine um, named Torben Bernard is making a documentary about Gilgal. You should have <laughs> oh, one. That's the, awesome. He knows like everything about it. Just down the that's street. Awesome. I still haven't gone. <laughs> it's it's so trippy. It's so great. Like I love, I say like keep Utah weird. You know what I mean? Like you know Utah's, we have a pyramid downtown. Right? Yeah. Totally. The gold one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think Utah is, that's the greatest thing about Utah and actually also about the Mormon church. Like, I was just going to say, that's a Mormon yeah. thing. Mormons like try to be really mainstream and try to pretend like, Hey, we're hip, cool. We're totally <laughs> normal, just like everyone else. And it's like, no, okay. If you have to make a commercial about how you're normal, you're obviously not. <laughs> hey, I have, I have black friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like it, if you have to say it, it's not true. Um, I and know so, gay people. I think, no, you don't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that's the funny thing about Mormonism. Like the things that I liked about Mormonism when I was part of it were the unique things, the things that were so, you know, like we have a heavenly mother, like that's a doctrine in Mormonism Mm -hmm. and it's so unique and precious, but it's the thing Mormons talk about the least. They hate those unique things. Um, and they think, they think it kind of makes them like freakish. But for me, I'm like, keep it weird, you know, like own it, own it. And like the Go weird, full hell bop. The Where weird, the sneakers and yeah. the- cults are another question. And something I, I think we should do another <laughs> podcast about because I have a lot of opinions yes. about cults. <laughs> Done. Um, but and I might actually do a podcast on cults someday, but I think, yeah, the thing, the weirdest things about Utah are the best things about Utah in a lot of ways. Um, and so those are the things that I love. Well, it was great having you. Um, how can people reach out to you if they, they want to talk to you or they need a you know, human rights attorney? or? Yeah. So um, I'm actually not actively practicing um, or representing individual clients in Utah. So yeah, I might be able to recommend someone if you're looking. But um, my website, probably katekellyesquireesq.com. It's a great website, by the way. Yeah, I, I made that. That's amazing. I was so proud of myself. I love it. I was like, yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us. It's been a blast. Yeah. Thank absolutely. you.
Well, thanks again to Kate Kelly for joining us. That was um, that was really fun. We have one more little thing. Um, we're not going to talk any news. We're kind of out of time. We're, we're pushing it now. Um, don't give it to me. I don't fucking want it. I've tried that thing. So <laughs> we we talked a couple weeks ago about our um, extravaganza downtown and went to Southeast Market where we had never been. And this is super awesome sample. I'll have you guys take a look at the, take a picture of it, Jess. Just like a banana. Before. Oh, I forgot to take a picture while Kate Kelly was here. Oh, so motherfucker. Fired. You motherfucker. Sometimes I take pictures and I didn't think about it either. We were just That's so right. involved in That's talking right. It to was her. a, it was a great conversation. Would you take a picture of that? Um, it doesn't really fit the podcast cover art, but don't cover it up, babe. Just, just get it. I'm not going. covering it up. It's so I just want you to phone. notice. It, first off, it's puffed out, which is kind of cool. But there's no writing in English on that whole thing. All of their packaging is like that. Not all of it. Puffy. Oh yeah, because they keep good air in there. Anyway, so I want you guys to to both try it and tell me what you think. So and it's not hard. Like put, you're not going to stick it in your mouth. Bree's going to put her. Bree's going to put her mic down now and open it. And uh, so we'll just watch her open it. It was kind. <laughs> <laughs> to open it into the mic yeah she she's having a hard time because it's there we go it, it looks, looks like, like a, a giant do you want to take a it's like a banana on the no, artwork he's not a banana Look. i'm a banana i'm a banana i'm a banana he looks like he's a like a cheeto dude see look at me move <laughs> oh he's like he's it's like has filling in him well, I don't think this uh, actually has villain. Yeah, so though. give it a shot. Just take a chunk out of it. Just bite into it. Or like break it or something. Bite into it. I don't know. Maybe it does have a filling. I don't know. We never saw a filling in the other one we had. Oh. <laughs> does it have a filling? Yeah, it totally does. We, the one does. we See? had didn't have a filling. No, That's I think it probably. No, look at it. It's a oh, filling. It probably did and See, we just didn't notice. Maybe we didn't get to the filling. Maybe that was our problem. It smells. It smells so like that, a baby treat. Cheeto. No, it smells like those little like gross candies you give your kids. You can crunch into it in the mic. People need to hear. <laughs> yeah, see? It's got the texture of what? A Cheeto. No, like those wafer um, like cookies. Between that and a Cheeto. So I thought it had the ta- the texture of... So have you ever had Pirate's Booty? Yes. Absolutely. That's the fucking texture. But and it's I, no, because it's not. It's Pirate's Booty is way more fluffy than this. I, I hate Pirate's Booty. I so maybe it. like a cross between a Pirate's Booty and a and not a crunchy Cheeto... A puffy Cheeto, like yeah, a giant a puff puffy with like onion flavoring on the like outside. a cheese ball more than a Cheeto, <laughs> like a shitty cheese ball instead of a Cheeto. Onion on the outside is like Swedish on the inside. Weird. <laughs> it's kind of like a funion. Oh yeah, a it's, little bit. Yeah, yeah, but it's weird because like there's a that funion sweet with strawberry like, in the middle. But there's like a sweet taste to it. Good news for you guys. I know lots of people that speak like Asian languages, so. We can get this translated. Oh yeah, let's post that. And, and I have no fucking clue what it is. And I don't. I didn't like it. I mean, what do you guys? It think? looks Korean, actually. That it writing's Korean. I don't know. It's shiny. I like the shiny package. <laughs> and the the little the little stick guy is cute. He's super and happy. It, it's staying like it is staying like nice Puff. and cylindrical with that big rip down the middle. That's crazy. Like it's just. I'm a banana. He's not I'm a, a banana. banana. He's a stick. I'm a Cheeto. Okay, so <laughs> with with that weird, oddly non Utah specific taste testing, but it came from a Utah store. That's interesting. <laughs> but now it's really sweet at yeah, the end. That's, that's what we didn't like. That's about why it. I couldn't keep eating it. Like I took King two gum. bites to try and figure gum. it out. That's just <laughs> he drank like, <laughs> like My a full. Gone now. He had like a full glass of water there that he just. Do you want just Kate Kelly's water? <laughs> <laughs> 
so uh, that's going to do it tonight, folks. Uh, sorry it's a little long, but uh, I think uh, it's worth it because Kate's awesome. So please, uh, you know, follow Kate. Uh, if you want to be involved, go out and just, just join a meeting. Just go to a meeting. There, um, are so, there are so many organizations right now around Utah, um, you know, like she was talking about. And we've talked about Utah Women Unite with Ginevra, with Pacera, you know. Um, there was the rally yesterday for um, solidarity for what's mm-hmm. happening in the South. And <laughs> why are you smelling that package? I'm trying to figure out what it smells like. It's really got scent. Anyway. Anyway, so, yeah, there are plenty. And even just talking to one of these people, they'll direct you, whether it's Daisy like she talked about or herself. She's really personable. Yeah. If you like a cause... Just reach out to them. They're always, all these causes are reach looking for help. If you like neo-Nazis, punch <laughs> yourself in the cooter or the dick, respectively. <laughs> the cooter. Because that's what they say in Virginia. That's what the I South. said. Uh, so, punch yourself in the privates. Um, slam your head into a wall until you knock yourself out. And then uh, go to the hospital. But don't act on those decisions. Uh, instead, join a cause that's worth fighting for. Um, and, uh, yeah. Cause we're fighting. Thanks to uh, thanks to Folk Hogan uh, for our intro music. I really like it, and uh, we're gonna stick with it for a while. And we don't think I'm on air enough. And uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at TNU Podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook. We're there, uh, the New Utah Podcast, and then also the New Utah Stay tuned for some changes to that. Maybe we'll see if I get lazy <laughs> or I'm lazy. No, we we will probably be doing some updating of uh, websites and, and things like that. But our blog is freaking awesome. There's so much cool stuff on there, guys. All if, thanks to Jess. If you guys are sitting home and you're like, fuck, none of my friends want to go do anything. I'm a loser sitting by myself on a Friday Jess. night. She's just, probably doing something. Well, that's true. But you can just go to the blog. <laughs> or go to our Facebook. Yeah, post or go to our Facebook. There. There's so much shit that's going on, and we always post it. If you have an event that you want us to share, just let us know. We'll share it. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.